0: all very welcome to the seminar we're going to go straight into our seminar today um uh, before we go to the seminar i will want to just um take us through a brief about the wedding a marriage really (laughs) uh just a little summary about marriage and then we'll go straight into answering questions questions and answers uh, I believe very much that the Lord will empower everyone of us today. He will increase us and we will be able to get more informed about, um, marriage. I know that a good number of us are already in marriage and we understand the fact that, uh, very, almost everyone have got one experience or the other when it comes to marriage. But our intention in this meeting is to help us understand the application of the word of God, especially in uh, dealing with issues in marriage. So it will be much more of practical uh, uh, solutions to marriage. The questions that we have today are quite very, very interesting. If I will we have questions in the areas of finance. We talked about how, which, you know, we're going to deal with. We have questions about third party engagement. Then we have questions about domestic violence. And we have questions in regards of the use of children. We have questions regards in the area of sexual relationship communication, spiritual, and health. But before we go into all those questions, let me just give you a brief about marriage. The first thing you need to know and write down is that marriage does not have its origin from the intellect of man. Marriage does not have its origin in intellect of man. So, and the scripture that tells us that is the book of Genesis chapter 2 verse 18. It says, and God said, or the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. So we recognize that scripture, write it down, because most of the questions that, really all the questions we have, we have asked is answered in this very verse. So marriage does not have origin in man. It is it is an, uh, the decision of God. God said it's not good for man to be a man. Then he says, I will make him a helper. So which means a woman is a helper to the husband. The wife is a helper to the husband. But then he ended up by saying that suitable for him. So in that third instance, we can say the wife is the suitable helper for her husband. So if you look at what God said, from the intention of God, you will discover the holistically what marriage ought to be. Not what marriage is now, but what marriage ought to be. So in every reasoning we are working today, this will be our reference point. We will not anything or accept any ideology that is outside this reference because this is the origin of the intent of brought forth marriage. I'm sorry, let me just... Uh... So we're talking about marriage and what I said is that marriage does not... We are, we are looking into the premise around the origin of marriage and looking at the origin of marriage and say that in Genesis chapter 2 verse 18, he says it is not good. The Lord, and the Lord just said it is not good for man to be alone. Marriage has its origin from God's mind, God's intuition. And it says, um, you make him a helper. So a wife is a helper of the husband. And the last line says suitable for him. So recognize therefore that a wife is the suitable helper. For the husband. So having this in your concept about origin of marriage, every question that we ask marriage is answered in these scriptures if it is well understood. And every scripture that you know, uh, you know, will we will give to you is just expansion of this very scripture. The beginning say God said it is not good for man to be alone, and we will recognize. That if it was good for man to be alone, God would not have said that, because God is perfect. He's a perfect God, so He said it is not good. So to, to be alone is not a good thing for a man. And I believe very much that it is because God saw that man was not complete in the operation that is to operate His function on earth. God created man perfect, but he is not complete. Perfection is different from completeness. So that man will need for you. I will show you the reason why the incompleteness you know uh, came up. So God says it's not good for man to be alone. I'll make him a helper and I help him as a suitable. He is in suitable. But then why would God really say that it is not good for man to be alone? Why? Why? Let's look at Genesis chapter 1, 28. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 20, let's look at verse 26. For us to, to understand why God said man is not complete. Man is made perfect because he was created in the image of God and in his likeness, but he's not. It's because of the original intention of God to create man. So if we look at the original intention of God to create man, we we'll go to Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 says, The Lord God said, uh, the Lord God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule. Verse 26, Genesis 1. So in that scripture, God's original intention to create man is this. God wanted a replica of him on earth that can be his representation, his express representation on earth, and then he said that the first function is let them rule over birds of the field and for both of the air, you know, the, the, the fish of the sea, the you know, uh, birds of the air, over life, and over all the creatures. That is what is important to me here. That move along the ground. So God created man to be the governor of his creation on earth. That is his art creation. Verse 27 says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. And then he says, male and female created ye them. So which means that verse 27 came after Genesis chapter 2 verse 18. Because verse 27 says, chapter 1 of Genesis verse 27 says, so God created man in his own image. That is number one. In the image of God, he created him. Then male and female. So between that, he created him and male and female, is where chapter 2, verse 18, that says, and God saw when he created God, the male. That it is not good for the male to be alone. Let me make a woman. Why will God do that? So he created the woman to, in his image and in his likeness. But why will God do that? Verse 28. Verse 28 of Genesis 1 reveals the function that man has to play. We know the role to fill, the, uh, to rule and govern the earth. But the earth is massive. For one, man. Can you imagine yourself in where you are staying now, and imagine how vast the whole, the whole earth is and the universe of God. You can imagine how much you can see. How much you can know, especially in those days that there is no plane, there is no car, no travel medium. But you are appointed in the place where you are, but you have the the of the responsibility of the whole universe. So in verse 28, the Bible says, for that to function, God bless them. No man can fulfill God's purpose without the blessings of God. God bless them, means God engraize them. When God engraize them, what did He say to them? So to fulfill the function of being to, the man needs the help of the woman. Do we get it now? The man needs the help. Because man is masculine. He does not have a womb. The woman has a womb. And when God created the man, he did that deliberately. Because God has intention to create the woman. It's not that God just decided to create a woman. In his master plan, he wanted a woman because he created all animals, male and female. And so God separated the physical creature so that until the male and the female come together before it's complete. However, each individual creature is perfect by God. And so the man is perfect, the woman is perfect, they are the same, they are equal creature, none is superior to the other, there is no subsidiary among man and woman. Man and woman are equal before God, they are created in the same way, in the same fashion, but in their functioning, God now you know, differentiated them. Why? Because the first mandate of man and the blessing is be fruitful and multiply. So for man to be fruitful and to multiply, masculine man need a woman, somebody who has a womb, somebody who has a feminine and because of this function, God said be fruitful and fill the earth. Now, the major issue about marriage is on being fruitful. Because when when you talk about being fruitful, you talk about now husband and wife. That is where the coming together is. That is where the sleeping together is. That is where the emotional interaction is. That is where you know uh, the children are born. That is where the mother to raise the children. That is where responsibility about finance, about 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 um, dual uh, collaboration, and all those things. That is where they all. Come into play. All of them come into play because God said, "Be fruitful." And one man cannot be fruitful—a masculine man. Neither can a woman be fruitful. The man will need the woman to bear fruit, and the woman will need the man to be able to bear fruit. And if you look at everything that now uh, is our own, you know, area of, of um, say, I say say that what causes problem within man, a uh, husband and wife, it is just in that blessing. It is a blessing to come together. It is a blessing because God said when you come together you are fruitful. But the rest of it can be done by a man it can be done by a woman. Because it said, be fruitful and fill the earth. Subdue it. Really to subdue the earth and fill the earth same thing you do know, attached attach to being fruitful you will discover that you need man and woman because a man in London cannot fill the whole earth. A man in Nigeria or in Togo or in Ghana or in Saudi Arabia or in a man and a uh, In America, wherever you may be, if you are a human being and you are just a man, there is no way you can fill the whole earth. If you are a human being and you are just a woman, you cannot fill the whole earth. For the word to come to pass, that is, be fruitful, increase in number. To fill the earth, you must be fruitful, and you must increase in number, then you can fill the earth. And you cannot subdue the earth as an individual person. You have to fulfill the, the blessing of being fruitful and then, you know, spreading all over the whole world for you to be able to conquer and subdue. Because the voice of a man cannot operate the world, but the actions that follow the voice. So if a person is an authority and he speaks, he needs human beings in subsidiary operations to, to, uh, 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 uh um, you know, demand it and apply what he has spoken. So therefore, God said, we should fill the earth and subdue it. Now, if that be the, the major issue, because they won't rule over the fish and all stuff, those ones come by, you know, our function and our ability, increasing knowledge and stuff. So we will see the today that when you talk about marriage, you are talking about this. So therefore, when God created man, because God blessed man, the two of them, God had intention because God had intention that this globe is very big, this world is very big. I need to spread people around the world so that they will go out from Garden of Eden and they will have children, they will go to the whole world and they can subdue it and they can rule over what God has created a lot of creatures, they can study plants, they can study all the creatures and be in control of them. So that is the reason why God created the woman. That is what we take us back into that chapter one when God saw that it is not good for man to be alone. So we understand first of all why marriage, the origin of marriage, it came from the concept of God. And in that concept of God's chapter 2, verse 18, is inscribed in it the functioning of husband and wife. I will get that now because it says that the wife is a suitable helper. And the Bible says man should not be alone. Now, if you look further down, another scripture that we cannot, you see, to really get anything right on earth when it comes to anything that is intellectual reasoning or common sense, You must know the origin of things for you to be able to really understand those things. If you don't know the origin of things, it will be very important for you to understand it. Let me tell you, those who are scientists and they are trying to look for how the world was formed, is because they don't understand the world, because they don't know the origin of the world. So in their own concept, it is studying all these philosophies and formulas that are not true or false, that are just from the woman, you know, that's how all these uh, studies came up. And often now they cannot understand it. Now, but those who have understood that God is the one who created the earth, while they understood that it's God, they were able to go to God, and from God they have understanding of the earth. Because if you don't understand the origin of something, you cannot just crash into the middle and begin to function and do something, you know, uh, properly. No, you must know the origin. The origin explains why. It explains the intention. It explains the purpose. It explains everything about what you're doing. So if the origin of marriage came from God's concept, Everybody needs to know that God is the only judge about marriage. When husband and wife have disputes and they come in to talk, you see the wife will say all well, about themselves, the husband will say all manner of stuff because everyone is looking for his own interest. But God is watching there. He knows the heart, the intention, who knows what each person really is after what each person has done. So if the one, one of the parties is faithful and loyal, pure in heart concerning the function, God will always frustrate the intention of the one that is sinful the divisive the and not it's a matter of time God will prossute that effort because God is the one who presides over all marriages even whether they are born again they are not born again it doesn't matter anybody who's a human when it come to marriage and you make an agreement and you come to marriage God is the one who presides over over we will look at that in a very short time but if you look also from verse 21 verse 21 talks about the process of which God created the man, and the woman. And when you look at that process, also that process is the furtherance of verse 18, which is the origin. It says, so the Lord God caused the man to fall in his Let's look at this process, because it will answer many questions that you have asked already. Some of you are now recognizing that some of the questions that is asked, or will be asked, is already answered. Even if there's no more evidence in the Bible. But however, there's evidence in the Bible for every question. It says, so, the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. Why? Why? <clears throat> because God was about to create the woman out of her. Remember but verse 27 of chapter 1. When I separated he says, and while the man was sleeping, he took out one of the Man's rib, and closed up the place. He performed the first surgery. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib. He made the man clear, breathe into him. He made a woman from the rib, breathe into her. He had, uh, the, the, uh, from the rib, he had taken out of the man. All right? And what happened to him? He brought her to the man. And that tells you that God is the master matchmaker. Any relationship that God did not originate, that relationship will really have a lot of strength. Okay? Taking a rip from the man means that a wife must be like the husband. You must have where you when you marry, you must have a lot of things that are the, that are similar. Really, that is the that is the, the the very element that brings a man and a woman together because you see some things that you like, she saw something that she likes, uh the man sees it, and the woman sees, and that is the attracting force. And then when you are in courtship, the, the premise of courtship is understanding that oh, some of this behavior I can see in this person, I love it. And this behavior, I can see a lot. And so, those characters and behaviors are the things that you know begin to uh, establish the, the relationship to the place before you get married. But of course, we know that something because marriage seminar. I'm not doing seminar now. I'm just addressing this one. Marriage seminar will take all these. I will do. I want to, you know, uh, not looking for wife but those who are married. I'm uh, talking about. But if you are not married, then. But one of the blunders that people make is that during their marriage they see incompatibility in some of the characters and behaviour of the partner and they will overlook it, assuming that oh it will be dealt with. Whereas courtship is not a time to be kissing one another, holding one another, some and stuff. No. It's a time to study one another and really come to a place of decision whether we are compatible. Even if you don't, you didn't hear God, because those in the world you don't hear God, and some of them have lovely best marriages in their life who are not Christians at all. To have good marriage does not mean to be born again, okay? You can be born again and have the worst marriage in your life. To have a good marriage is to understand from your own sense, common sense understanding. But however, when you are born again, we can now go beyond common sense to a place where you can ask and you can see before the person will show up you can have a dream and know the person and see the person, or you meet the person by the gift of the sermon, you understand the person. But, however the case may be, every marriage that fails or every, yeah, that failed to recognize that the woman is the rib of the man, always coming into severe rocks and storms during the development. And those are the areas that we will be looking into, that, how you can mitigate for those. If you made the wrong choice, you cannot leave the place. But, you know, because the Bible says so. However, if you have made the right choice, also there will be some frictions, of course, which you will be able to handle. But what it means is that if you made the right choice, maybe 50% or a little bit more of you are, are you know, um, uh, integrated. You know, you you have is blended together, whereas the rest of it, or 75%, and the rest of the 15 20%, you have to work it out. Whereas if you are not, uh, if you don't take this into cognizance that you must be, you are a rib of a man and you just married a man because you, you wanted sex and stuff. So, and you saw a man who can cuddle you and you thought that at the end of marriage and he's giving you just, you know, one pee and the other stuff. And you got into such marriage only to find out that the man is totally opposite what you thought. Because at that time you are not living together and all stuff like that will happen. So, you understand that if you, you have such, what it means that you may be 10%, you know, uh, in agreement, 90% is not in agreement. Such marriage will always be threatened by divorce. You may be 30% or 40% in agreement and, and 50%, percent not in agreement. You will be threatened by divorce. But when you are over 50%, 60%, 70%, that marriage will have less storm and you will be, you, you will not even imagine divorce at, at all. However, whether it's 10%, and you are imagining the fact is that once you get into it, watch this, you are gone. That's the reason why a woman must think very, 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 very well. And parents must be very, 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 very careful before they allow their children or counsel their children when it comes to marriage. And so he says God created the woman from the rib of the man and he brought the woman to the man. So you understand therefore that God is the one who can help you know the one to marry. Then God, he said, then the man said, verse 23, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. And man must understand this, that God also did not create the woman from the leg bone. Why did not God do that? He did not create the woman from the head bone. Why did he do that? He did not create the woman from any other part of the arm and stuff like that. God went to the reef. What, what is the purpose of the reef? The rib encages all your life. If you you know, I I I did interview to some surgeons before, who told me that the pain, if you have pain in every part of your body, you know, is is reasonable reasonable pain. But when you have pain in your rib and your cartilage breaks, it is unreasonable pain, because cartilage cannot fuse together. When the cartilage breaks, and you look at the joint of your rib and your uh, your your uh uh, uh, you know your chest thoracic area. And then the back, you know, you will see cut images, And you will see the, the bone of the rib, the angle of the bone of the rib, the structure and the formation of the bone of the rib, it puts that rib in a position that it, it's it's very, very extremely painful when the rib is dead. And so if the rib is the woman, the woman is on the rib. You recognize also that rib is very, very delicate. Rib does not look very strong, but is held and held by all the muscles that are attached to it from the backbone and then the chest area. And you discover that the the further you go on the rib, the more fragile the bone is. And so God has coated the area of the rib with a lot of muscles within your your abdominal area and to your back area. Recognize therefore that no wonder women always demand so much care. Because the rib demands too much care in the body. Because it's the one that holds the life. Break through the ribs, you can get the heart. Break through the ribs, you can get the liver. Break through the ribs, you can get the kidney, you can get the lung. You can bring the body into complete stop if you can get the rib. And when you have a pain in the rib, the whole of the body is gone. Therefore, you can see in that very analogy, the reasons for some of the characteristics of a woman and a wife and one of the things that, one the reasons why if you have a girl and a boy, you see that that behavior difference different between both of them as they are growing as babies and children. Because the girl will begin to behave like a woman according to this, this analysis. They are fragile. Understand? And they are very substantial when it comes to the body make. They are the one who keeps, who protects, who keeps the lungs and everything that functions in the body. So you see women sometimes that they are care and function becomes so uh, 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 intense that it will seem as if to the man that uh, you are too possessive. I will get that, but man needs to understand that they are just functioning according to what God created them. And then man, in his masculinity, will be able to curb excess that the rib may produce so that the rib can fulfill his function, and also the man recognizing how fragile, how demanding and care he needs to give to the rib we understand how to do so to the wife. You will see that right through the whole Bible. And so God created the woman from the rib. And you recognize that if the woman is the rib, the man has no power to be violent against the wife. Because if you hit your rib, you will be in a big trouble. And that's the reason why it is very, very much insane for those men who beat their wife and who molest their wife, who abuse their wife and make life unbearable for them. You make life unbearable for your wife, let me tell you what will happen. This is what we have. So and when he brought the man, the woman to the woman, she called she called her woman because she was taken out of the man. Okay. So he says in verse uh, twenty four for this reason the man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and they both become one flesh. But let me answer the question I ask you. If you make your wife miserable, what will happen to you in the, in the marriage? Verse twenty five. The man and his wife were naked, and they felt no shame. All right. Yeah. So, verse twenty-four. Sorry, first story, it says for this reason, a man and the woman will, will uh, a man will leave his father and mother, and then and uh, be united to his wife. All right, and they will become one flesh. You know, God said that the man is the one who named everything. And when God created the woman, he brought the woman to the man to name the woman. And and the man named the wife. Do you understand now? So, but if you look at chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Adam lay with his wife, Eve. Which means light or life. So the woman is the light or the life, the light house of the house and the life of the man. So if you are brutal to your wife, you will never have a good life. I can guarantee you that. Once you get involved with a woman and you make her your wife, she assumes her position and that position has its own right attributed to it. As your position as a husband have rights, that is attributed to you. We look at that from of Ephesians. However, the rights of each one of you does not place one above the other. Man and woman are equal completely. That is what he said and that's what God meant and that's what God said that that's what the Christians also clarify in chapter 5 verse 21. Alright? So man and woman are equal in creation, man and woman are equal in function, but they are various, they, they, they are variants in the functioning of their identity. And so, we need to understand this therefore, that if a man makes life ridiculous for his wife, you have only attacked the life that you have, and attacked the light of your life. And of course, the end of it is that this reason, the man and the woman will be, will be united. A man will be, a man will be united with his wife. Read the King James Version says, a man will cling to his wife and they shall be one flesh. Then it says, the man and his wife both were naked and they felt no shame. That verse 5 tells you, that is where adultery or fornication is established. That a man, when a man has intercourse with a woman, it has to be the wife. When a woman has intercourse with a man, it has to be the husband. Because you did not hear the word wife until intercourse came in. You have been hearing the Bible say the woman, the woman, the woman. When unity was spoken in verse four, it says For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united with his wife. So the word wife is a word that came when a man and a woman got into unity of marriage by the Lord God. So that is the origin of the word marriage. In English dictionary, that is the definition of marriage. That a man and a woman come together and become one flesh. And that one flesh is expressed as through sexual intercourse, which the man and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. While this statement talk about intercourse between husband and wife, nakedness of the man it's only the wife that sees it. Nakedness of the wife is only the husband that sees it. Therefore, that is the reason why if any thought or idea came to a woman or a man to expose his nakedness, To other people, then that thought cannot come from God. And that is where demonic influences came about. But I say this to you, you will discover that Satan is so prolific in his deception on art that why is it that it's only women's clothes that they sew and make them as (laughs) naked as possible? They sew, they make their breasts naked, they make their, it wasn't so before, because especially in England, which uh, we are, and of course, in Nigeria, in Africa, in, Af- in America, women are so much uh, protective of their nakedness. They feel ashamed. The greatest shame you can give a woman is to expose her nakedness. But gradually, Satan began to educate and tame women into contravening God's fundamental rules and law by making them expose, first of all, their lives and then from their, labs, their their legs and then their lives and then you know, you discover that it began to make them expose their breasts and their shoulder, their their back, and all stuff like that. And I think that if you look at uh, human psychology, all those things come because of the um, uh, uh, a, a threat a woman. If a woman feels threatened that she is not beautiful, I of a woman thinks that oh she's been left behind, or you know in marriage she couldn't get a man, and a woman felt that I need to entice people, I need to seduce them to get to look at me and they don't feel in not beautiful. You see them exposing their body. The women who are so confident of their beauty, they cover the whole of their body because of prestige. They know that they're attractive. They know they're beautiful. They have nothing to threaten them. But when you see women who begin to, to lean into exposing their nakedness here and there because of the insecurity on uh, and uncertainty of whether they are attractive or not, and they try to impose that on people. And that comes from Lucifer. And that is what brings also attraction of a woman to a wrong man because to so the man then the, the same Lucifer now gave men lost in their eyes so that when they begin to see a little bit p- of nakedness of the woman they lost after the woman and then they will go to the woman and then the descendant of Satan will now prevail and before the woman knows it he, he's in the hands of a, 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 a wicked man, you know, a, a terrible man. And once the man has slept with them a couple of times and seen their nakedness when he he, he, he moves. Because then he's no more satisfied. He's now enticed to look at the kennels of some other people. So, he will look at all these scriptures from this chapter 2, from the preface of chapter 1 and chapter 2. Everything you can think about in why is, is uh, explained. However, I, yes, I want to stop here because it's 1, 1 11. Uh, if Mommy has anything to add to it, we will go into the questions. And begin to deal with the questions.
1: You're going to the questions uh, and uh, okay, come back. I just want to talk on big bits of romance in marriage.
0: Okay, so the questions are answered.
1: The what? The question.
0: You'll ask, the last. The question they ask us of all those.
1: No 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 no. Oh me. yeah yeah. Speak 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 now. Okay. Praise the Okay, Lord. Let, let's
0: let's hear mommy deal with that because she told me that she wants to deal with that area and that's why I didn't go there. So let her just talk about. You know, this intimate, int, you, you, you know, you call it intimate relationship between husband and wife. Mm. And romance is part of it. Other things are involved to look at it. So you can subtitle that intimate relationship between the husband and wife. Be, right. you can,
1: yeah. Yes, praise the Lord. Many marriages are failing today because of these uh, particular deeds in marriage. Marriage is supposed to be romantic. We ought to understand ourselves as husbands and wives. When you know your husband and your husband knows you, then you'll be able to have a good relationship as you progress in marriage. But because we do not know ourselves, we just come into it and uh, you just feel, okay, she's beautiful and that is all. As I said to us, we are beautiful from inside. There are treasures that we that, that, that have inside that need to be revealed outside. Sometimes the men actually look at the outside. They don't look at the other beauty, the grace, other grace that God has put in us from the beginning uh, that we are born. They also look at the outside. By the time you now get married and you now get home, maybe the woman has always decorated himself with a very beautiful hairstyle. You know? And when you get home, you see that he is borrowed. So that will just make some men to... Now say, what is happening here? Then the love begin to come down. But today, if we know romance in marriage, before we talk to any woman, you must know that hidden beauty that is inside the woman. Some men don't know, because it's vice right versa, because I'm talking to women today, that's why I'm trying to go straight into, uh, 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 to, to, to talk to women. It's vice right versa. Some men, some, 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 some men don't know that their wives are talkative. So men don't know that there is a lot of disgraceful things that their wife do. But because they have seen their wives on the surface, they don't, and they are full of love, they don't see that part until they not get home. When they get home, the wife will be picking things from nowhere and bringing it to the house. Like what I mean is, any, any small thing that he picks, it comes to gossip in the house. He cannot, you know, cover, uh, he, he cannot protect himself like have that mind of Christ that Jesus talked about. All what he's speaking is speaking things to, 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 to this man that is he doesn't want trouble, he doesn't want but the woman will be doing a lot of things to make the man said, crazy. And from that, the romance in marriage begins to, to go down. But today the Lord will help us. And as I'm talking to a lot of us, African background and everything, romance in marriage is something that is so difficult. But can I say something to you? If there is anything that will lack in marriage, the Bible says Holy Spirit will teach us all things, both spiritual and those things that we need on earth here to be able to make our mind, our life easy. So when Holy Spirit said He's going to teach us all things, we must ask Holy Spirit. What about, what about my marriage? Teach me this. And I tell you, once Holy Spirit begins to beautify your marriage, there is a glory revealed in that marriage. So, you know, like the songwriter says, when we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, there is a glory. In our marriage, we must walk with the Lord. In our marriage, we must let the word of God be our standard in the light of his word. We must walk in the light of God's word in our marriage to be able to make a good marriage. But when we don't walk in the light of God's word, you think you know it. Some people before they get married, their husband is fire for the Lord, but the moment they get married, the wife will bring that fire down. It's vice versa. Some their, their women will be fire for the Lord, but the moment they get married, the fire comes down because the man will say too much church, too much Bible. We can't. he complain all the time. You know. But if you walk with the Lord in the light of His Word, God makes your marriage very very beautiful so can i now say there are some things that we need to know about marriage in marriage we must have like a holy lifestyle the bible says he who has called us is holy so we must be holy so when we when, when we when we get married and the the holy lifestyle that we live we begin to dwindle down then there is a problem there is a problem because today your wife is saying that no, 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 it's too much. Don't to look after these children. Especially when children come forth? Then you are using your children as a skins Where yeah, you need to get help. Like the church of God that you go to church to you sing. Your children see that you are doing all these things. As small as they are like babies. They see. You won't take your children to church anymore. You begin to sit down at home. Thank God for lockdown. But we need to fellowship. Your children need to know that they need to fellowship. It's not only when you carry them to play school and everything, no. There are different um, areas, uh, uh, um, results from different places for, as you socialize. There are things that your children will pick in church. There are things that they pick about education in play school. And so that you need to get them involved in all these things and wrap it up. And there are things that they will get even at home. So if you're a careless mother at home, your children will be careless. May the Lord help us. So, can I now talk about man and woman? My, as husband and wife, we need God to, to, to be in our marriage. Let's quickly go to uh the book of I know uh, the sons of Solomon. There is a lot to teach about the Sons of Solomon. I won't be able to finish it today, but I know that as many of you that are joining, uh me, in my Bible study, maybe one we start to uh, to study that book, you will be able to see more of some of the things that I've picked to talk about from the book of Solomon. What are the kind of words that we should use in our marriage? Because by the time you begin to be familiar with one another in marriage, those things that you do in courtship doesn't come anymore. Because you're occupied by various things, your work is there, Home activities are there, children are there, and all these things. If you are not very careful, you'll be missing some of these things. You are so committed, maybe you're a businessman, you need to create your business. You are thinking only about your business, you are not thinking about your marriage. But you know, as you think about your business, you carry your marriage along with you. As you think about your work, you carry your marriage along with you. But if it's only work, work, and some people, it's their children. Because you have children now, your husband can't even touch you anymore you so concentrated, it he doesn't help me. Eh, it's only me that does this. You know, sometimes it comes like that. You need to know those words to use when you're in marriage. And some of these words are in ecclesiastics. When, and the Songs of Solomon, I, I always say ecclesiastics, like Songs of Solomon. When you look at, the, from the beginning of the chapter to the end of the chapter, you have a lot of romantic words. Because you can see the picture of Christ and his loyal bridegroom you can see the picture of Christ describing the beauty of his beloved the church. remember what the book of Ephesians said to us that our husband as Christ loved the church husbands will love their wives and God described this exactly in the book of uh, sons of Solomon described the beauty of his beloved which is the church and that is the you I mean, the church. In his description, let's see what he actually did. He expressed, because I'm going to look at them one after the other. He expressed, you can see the, uh, the groom and the, uh, and the bride here. He has told, that is, he praised. Because when I look at the word has told, praising enthusiastically, enthusiastically. That is what he has told. That is, he has told the virtue of something. The uh the the, the, the man praised, he expressed uh, uh 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 his love for his wife by praising the wife all the time. You don't keep on looking down and saying, Oh well, you don't know how to do things, you don't know how to dress, you don't all the time you are putting your wife on. The Bible no. says I, I, down. He said, Let the word that comes out of your mouth be seasoned with salt. But to you, the man is never seasoned with salt, He's always with grape. he's always with pride he's always making references instead of coming to look for a way to hell. So he said he has told the virtue of, of, the, of the wine. That is the moral behavior of the wine, the beauty. Of his beloved, his love for her. He began to talk about it in that verse, in that verse one, uh, uh, chapter one, verse one to nine. And you can also see the church, the bride, the br- expressing who expresses in return a great delight in him, the bridegroom. Time will not be able to let us go into all this, but I'm going to make some references to a few words. So that when you get, after this uh, um, marriage uh, convention, go back home and read the whole book of the songs of Solomon. Tell the Holy Spirit to explain it to you. Because there are some things that I have to do on one-to-one to people. Because you don't have to say those things very loud, too much. But the ones that you need to know, I'm going to preach them to you here. Look at the way he prays, the way he describes that beauty. You know in some of the scriptures which i'm going to make reference to but i'm just preparing you now from the feet upwards to the head the way he prays that your feet are beautiful with sandals there are some uh, places i said like that to to the bride you are so beautiful look at the bride from the feet it's not you that maybe when you 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 met your wife uh, when you're in uh, romance and everything and it's like, before you met your wife, you didn't look at the legs properly. Then you say, I don't like this leg. Maybe that is the leg that is making you unhappy. But you should look at it properly before you come before you go and say, you want to get married. Maybe your wife is used to wear trousers. Don't see those legs. And by the time we now got to the house, oh, this leg is something else. No, this are beautiful legs. You must begin to see it as beautiful because it's until you see that leg as beautiful before you will love that person. If you don't see that leg as beautiful and begin to praise that leg, as you praise God, you can never see the beauty. Some of you may remember when you are looking at the nose at that time, I don't know what you are looking at, but now you are comparing your wife's nose to someone else's nose. No, 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 no. You must see that beautiful nose and then you begin to describe that nose. <laughs> the nose is so beautiful. You know, those are little things that you used to really talk to one another. He began to describe in another place, describe the ties. And he said, your, your legs are graceful, your ties are, are are like jewels. You know? He said a lot, a lot of things. I'm going to take you to now. I'm just trying to wear your appetite. So see the beauty of Jesus in your wife and also in your husband. See the beauty of Jesus all around them. If you so don't see this beauty, there is no way you can you can love your wife. So that now takes me to the, to so some of the words that we use. Let's, let, let's go and look at some of the words that we use in that book of uh, um, Songs of Solomon. Just don't mind me when I say Ecclesiastes again. Just know that the Songs of Solomon, amen. Let's look at those words. In that book of uh, Songs of Solomon, I'm going to start because of time. I just start from verse 5. There are a lot from one. But I just, yes, 10-15 minutes, my know. Just from that chapter 5, let's let let's look at it. I'm going to look from verse 9 in that chapter 5. Those words of encouragement, how to value and see your wife or your husband. In that verse 9, he saying... The friends were asking. You know, sometimes oh, I will ask your wife, "Ah, oh, is there? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe uh... she's enjoying herself." You know the way you respond about your wife, about your husband. Oh, there?" No, 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 no. That's not what I'm talking about. Romantic words. That when people ask of your wife, you are able to tell them, "Yes, my wife is fine. Is good. Is no. You are not flattering her. This is genuine from the heart." And you can see here, when the friends had the opportunity. To ask of this person's wife. Look at what he said. How is your beloved better than others? Look at the response of, the, of this spouse. Most beautiful of women. Hallelujah. And they ask you of your wife. I say, Oh, i is good. The children, the only children that is oh no, 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 no. Your your, your response should be romantic. How is your wife? If you don't know any word to use from today, I'm giving you words here. My wife is most beautiful of all women. Mm-hmm. My husband, my husband very adult and handsome man. You can do it as a joke. Romantic word. Even when your wife is very close to you, she's most beautiful of all women. And you're talking of that woman. Oh, no, 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 no. Because she's not only outside, she is beautiful. From inside, I've told you. That's right. From inside, from inside, the inside of your wife or your husband is holy. Mm-hmm. The inside is of good. It is so good that there is nothing to destroy the works of God from inside. The inside, the word of God genuinely is inside. Is there so your wife cannot misbehave? But when these things are not there, then your husband can't tell you most beautiful. But yet, if you know that those things are not there, you have to pretend and come home and begin to demonstrate it so that when you get outside, your wife would have been clean already. He said, how is your beloved better than others? That you so tired us. As say says, my beloved is radiant and would. Now he's talking about the husband. So both are beloved, isn't it? He? he said, he's so radiant and rudy. Oh. How is your, how is your husband? This is, this is the question that they're asking here. He said, husband, eh, eh, the man is something else. Ah. Hey, hey. You're born to be romantic. He's radiant and, and rudy. Outstanding among 10,000. Mm-hmm. That is who you are. You know, at home, use some of these words to your husband as well. Maybe you don't know before. You, 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 will, you will begin to see that part of your husband that you have never seen before. People are loving each other. Say, My husband doesn't love me. Because the word that comes out of your mouth is not seeing with salt, it's mm-hmm. not loving at all. Look at the response. My beloved is radiant i'm giving you those words that you need to use here most beautiful of all women my husband is most handsome of all women nobody asking. we are not asking you that we are not of all men sorry <laughs> of all men we are not asking you that we are asking of your husband no 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 there are people that will be jealous tell them the truth that is what it is well if you don't want to tell people outside tell your husband in the house you are most radiant and radiant. Amen. Outstanding among 10,000. among many other men. Outstanding. Be proud. His head is pure as gold. <laughs> His hair is wavy. You know gold head. will be shining. We'll be reflecting different grace, uh, graces of God. That's what gold head means. Your head is pure as gold. Ah. God actually created you. You know, if time will permit me, maybe another time I'll be speaking about this. Look at Satan. The beauty in the book of Ezekiel 28, the beauty got into his head. His head is made of gold and all these precious, precious things, like Job said, that is taken from the bottom of the earth. The beauty is there, but that beauty got into his head. May the beauty of Jesus that is given to you, not get into your head and then start to lose you. He said this head is pure gold. He's so special head. His head is not like any other head. His head is always shining bright. His head is always attracting great wisdom of God. That's what he's talking about. Everything good about God is gold. His hair is wavy. He, and black as a raven. Beautiful hair. It's only when they know that the white one is coming out. Amen. <laughs> His eyes are like dogs by the water streams, washed in milk, mounted like jewels. You can see when you look at dogs, you can see the bottom of their eyes it's like a owl. You know, this person this that I wrote this book really went to look at them. Describe your husband the way you want, you want your husband to be. Describe your wife the way you want your wife to be. His cheeks are like birds of spice. yielding perfume. His lips are like lilies. Dripping with mare. He's not dripping with gossip. He's dripping with, with, with sweet words enticing words words of god that is the type of means that is being described here his hands are rods of of gold set with us you know these are great uh, uh, treasures a uh, treasures his body is like polished ivory you know when we put that on our powder but it's not only when you put that powder just when your face is on its own the beautiful oil and moisturizer that you use, I'm not talking about bleach, that makes your body to shine. why we put our powder on them. His body is like polished ivory. Is that your body? You can bleach your body. So maybe your husband saying, don't use this cream anymore. Your body is discoloring. And one part of your body is discolored. The other no, I don't like. Then you stop it. He wants your, your body to be beautiful so that he can speak this word to you. Or the same with men, because men also do the same, they, they, they break their skin. Okay. His legs are pillars of marble, set on basis of pure gold. You know everything about gold, about gold. Use your own words, try to find words from here and use it to, to admonish each other. His legs are pillars of, set on, on basis of uh, pure gold. His appearance is like Lebanon choice. Uh, Lebanon choice as its feeders. His mouth, his sweetness itself. Not mouth that talks rubbish. But mouth that brings something sweet. Something sweet. That is what the mouth brings. He is altogether lovely. My husband is altogether lovely. You are discussing with friends and you are talking, Man, you know your husband is I don't know. Even when you are going through that prayer, begin to speak the right words about your husband. One day you change. Begin to speak the right words about your wife. One day she will change. Say, This is my beloved. This is my friend. Daughter of Jerusalem. That is this person. And when you look at that friend again, where is your beloved gone? Most beautiful of all women in that six, verse 1. I can take you round and round and round. Look at the presence of the, in that chapter six, when you get to uh, verse four of that chapter, uh, chapter six. But from chapter six, look at what the lady said there. My beloved is gone down to his garden, to the best of his prizes. to browse in the garden, and to gather lilies. This is not talking about the union between the heart and the mind and the body. My beloved is not just ordinary woman. She's hardworking. She's just gone into the garden. She's just gone to, 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 to gather lilies. Very hardworking. I am my beloved and my beloved is mine. He browses among the lilies. Everything around my beloved is sweet. Smell good with good aroma or oh, in the midst of the lily, it comes with great aroma. That is all about the uh, uh, beloved here. My beloved is complete. I have good a complete union with my beloved. She's sweet in heart, she's sweet in mind, she's sweet in the body. Relate this to your husband, relate this to your wife. You are so sweet. When you when they when they present meal before you, you are eating. Relate that. You are so sweet. As they, you know, your food is sweet. You are sweet too. You know, look, calm words. So speak to your beloved. The Lord Almighty will, will make them to understand. Hey, if you speak all this thing, one that you are talking about, husband doesn't understand. He will understand one day in Jesus' name. I'll pray with you. He will understand in Jesus' name. Paraventure, your beloved is not the one that understands all this. Do you know? As educating. we educate, even there are some that you're educating, and it's a problem. <laughs> I've cancelled someone before, and when the, the woman was trying to show love and everything, she said she's carrying me. <laughs> he said, he said. He said, he she said, said, she said she's killing me. We were He said, my wife, I'm tired. I don't know this woman. Cultural is, the difference. The cultural difference sometimes. Yeah. But after a while, the Lord, God, used to understand. Because that one is making some romantic move and everything. He said, he's carrying <laughs> me. The man has not seen this before. it's <laughs> like, The Lord will get, let us get there. In Jesus' name. And he said, look at that, as well. The bride, the, the, the man is praising the bride's beauty. He said, you are beautiful. You know that, if you don't know any other word today. husbands. Tell your wife, they are beautiful. They want to hear that. There are two words in marriage. You are beautiful, I love you. You are beautiful, and I love you. Say that to a woman. The woman said, you come up very well. Your husband doesn't know that. Tell them, remind them about the word of God. How did that man in the uh, sons of Solomon describe the wife? Beautiful. them. That's a, a place of pleasure. This times I will see. My darling, as lovely as Jerusalem, as majestic as truth with banners. That is, your, 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 your wife is so majestic, as I army mean, that is ready for battle. He said, turn your eyes for me. Then uh, They overwhelm me. Your ear is like a flock of goats descending from Gilead. Your teeth are like a flock of sheep coming up from the worship. Each eye is twin. Not one of them is missing. That is begin to describe your evil up to the teeth. Begin to describe it. And you will be, your wife will be happy. He went further here. He says here, yeah. because there are some I'm going to be skipping because uh, it has to do with from use to talk to you to keep their virginity. Verse 9 says, but my job, my perfect job is unique. Tell your wife that it's just, she's so special. You know, sometimes you can't joke at home and tell her you are just unique. I just like the way, you know, you understand? Say, it, since we talk, There are some that don't want to listen, but the ones that want to listen begin to practice it. And even if they don't want to listen, the Lord is you the grace to practice what I'm telling you. Because sometimes when the heart is sick, there is nothing you can do, but tell Jesus to help you to break down anything that is causing your heart to be sick. Say so the only daughter of her mother, the favorite of the one who bore her, the young man saw her and called her blessed. The queen and concubines, says her, is because there is a grace, there is an unfading beauty that this woman has demonstrated. May God help us in this area. Then when you go to that verse, uh, chapter 7, you can see how he described the beauty of this woman from her toe or head to toe describing the beauty of god that is in in the woman he says here how beautiful your feet their feet are going places so they are not going places because i'm talking to uh, mainly uh, people in your conference yeah it's not going places like i you know what i'm talking about you understand that play Amibo? Their your feet are not going places like that going from one place to the other to go and doing shameful things. No, he said how beautiful your sandal feet is. E. Oh, princess daughter. Time will not permit me. I will have taken you to, you can write it again, Psalm 45. talks about princess daughters, how their feet uh, are beautiful on sandals. Your graceful legs are like girls. You can see he's repeating it over and over. They yeah, are like drugs. You know, drugs is uh, making attractive, they're attractive things, you know, like house and all the rest of them. He said, the work of an at artist's uh, at hand. I just thank God for the way God just created you. The molding is just you know, talk to people like that, or talk to your to your wife especially you like. Your navel is round goblets that never lack blended wine. Wow. That is parallel to the book of John chapter 4. It says out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Tell your wife, I can see out of your belly. Things are really flowing. Living water. Jesus is in you. I can see Jesus in you. Your waist is mound of wheat encircled by lily. You know, when the, 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 the wheat are ready for others, you know, they put them and you know and they they, they plant them around Lily. He is creating words to be able to demonstrate the type of person that this person is. that That is brings sweetness, bring good, good aroma. Anytime. It's not the perfume, it's not the that is making them to talk about it, that is making this person to talk this way. But you could see the grace of God upon his wife. He could see the grace of God upon, they saw the grace of God upon one another. He you said, your breasts are like fans, like twin fans of a gazelle. Holy Ghost will explain that to you. When you begin to talk it, you begin to know how these breasts are like this. Your neck is like an ivory towel. Psalm 144, verse 1. Yes. Say then your son in their youth will be like well-nurtured plants, and your daughters, like pillars carved to adorn palaces, like an ivy tower. That is how your neck naked. You are just a pillar that God has brought in this home to, to make this house to stand. Praise your wife sometimes when things you know like that's what the Bible says about it. Your eyes. As a pool of husband. That is, this suggests a sparkling eyes. You know, when you look at pools, you can see the way the water is going, you go around pools and everything. He said the eyes are sparkling. That's how he described, it. said, like pool of husband. When you go around the pool, you see the way the water is going, it gets you, you look very well. Or when you go around the fall, and then they put some beautiful lightning because God has put some lightning in us, that our eyes shine. So it's suggesting that the eyes are sparkling there. Tell your wife, it's not only the makeup, not only, but you have sparkling eyes. Makes people happy. By the gate of Batrazen. You know, it's even things where they live and their environment to describe. Even the wife's eyes. You can say you are my, uh, oh, you are my drum right? <laughs> you can't joke about it. Because they use places like that. mamala. You understand? Joke about these things. Because those things, when they are well prepared, you eat them well. There are things you not joke this. Your nose is like the Tower of Lebanon. I've not seen the Tower of Lebanon before, but I know that this nose must really be well pointed and uh, really, really established. But my nose is not pointed; it's like the Tower of Lebanon. See. And he said, "Looking towards Damascus, <laughs> use everything around you to, 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 to describe. Your head crowns you like Mount Carmel. Your hair is like royal tapestry." The king is held captive by his throne. How beautiful. If there is if there is nothing that you are left to do here. Most beautiful of all women, how beautiful. Leaves like lilies, dripping on him. Or men, not gossip. Mouth is, yeah, is sweetness itself is altogether lovely. This are some words that you need to hold for today. When he gets to that verse, how beautiful you are and how pleasing, my love. It's your delight. You are beautiful. Always tell your wife, you are beautiful. Always tell your, wife, your husband, your husband is handsome. Don't compare your husband, don't compare yourself, don't compare your wife husband with anybody. Look at what he said in that verse 7. I love it. Your stature is like that of the palm, <laughs> and your breasts like clusters of fruits. You can see how grapes, when, when you carry a whole, that is a cluster together. They look beautiful as a as a bunch. So when I put fruits together, I decorate a food basket. It's to say that that is how beautiful you are, because you have those fruits of the spirit inside you. 60 give people like 12 on the outside. Now he's talking about the I, I'm not going to read those ones. I, that is like on the one-to-one talk, That is what he see. I said, I will climb the palm tree, I will take hold of his fruit. May your breath be like clusters of grapes on the vine. The fragrance of your breath, like apples, and your mouth like the best man. Your stature. I want you to look at that. It's like that of the palm. Your your, your stature. You, you you chose the woman. You chose the man. How come you are so short like this? I tell you, joke. When I met my husband, we were both deceiving ourselves. We are on this. Uh, you know, we make. <laughs> like ready makes you that you go and sell the capital so they they build you for you don't you know, say we don't we, we don't bother to go and buy shoe in the shop so the as a, the, the capital who do you go to uh, the be there? Shoemaker. shoemaker yes <laughs> the shoemaker now will make you platform we call it thank god for people that are am platform now then i i have my platform my is platform we met the first day we met we are both on platform so i have looked at him yes this man is here you know that kind of thing but I forgot that I have had platform on, on. The next time we met, thank God for reality. And then I said, how come you are so short like this? I wanted, you know, I thought, because I was looking at him in my platform, and he was looking at me in my platform. So, but whatever form, now that you have arrived, that you have seen the reality, it's either you take it or you don't take it. Then I saw the reality because he was able to prove his point. He said, I'm a little bit taller than me. I you a lot <laughs> You know? So but here, even either sure or it's not sure, just tell them look, your stature is like that of the pantry. You know, when you are looking at the picture like I'm seeing it from my mind, the picture of the pantry. When the wind blows the palm don't you see the way the, the pantry will rock and rot and rot like that? So to you, you're like this guy as the, the pantry, the root of the pantry goes straight down. It continues to draw strength from God. So no matter how the wind blows, the pantry will just be rocking and rocking. So you know you have a man that is studying, like uh, like the previous one described. You have a man that is studying. So oh, just tell, no, darling, you are rooted like the pantry. Amen. Look at lovely words to, 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 to speak. To your, to your, to your darling one. And can I, can I round it up here? So these are the words that I spoke about, the praise. to describe the beauty of your spouse. If you can do that, then I tell you, you will enjoy your marriage. But you must know that you must, you must be, these are the things that you practice from culture. Because sometimes when you don't practice this thing from culture, and then you not get to the house, you are not using some of these words, You are not, your husband is not used to telling those of you that the connection, your husband is not used to So it's like, please be falling apart and say, ah, you are too much in the flesh. No, this is your husband. I don't say that you should go outside and say, ah, Annalyn, you are beautiful like the pantry. Then God is doing that outside. No, when you are at home, be romantic. That's what I'm telling you. There are some hidden romance that you don't show outside there. That is when you now get outside. The romance will be showing because you've made yourself happy at home. When you are not happy at home, you can, there is no way you can you can see it outside. It's those things that you have created around yourself at home that makes you happy when you get out there. And sometimes you can even see the man doing those things or the woman doing those things outside, but not that they're doing it for public to do. That's the only And that is being like being like positive now or something. Like, no, 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 no. You stay in your house and do what you should do in your house. Then when you get out, people will see the refreshing. The Bible says that, that there's a time for refreshing when you marry. People will begin to see you refresh outside. It's not something that you mimic or it's not a game that you're playing. No, because from uh, from inside, from the house, you have built yourself properly. It's not that five 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 all the time from inside the house, when you get out there, the, the friends, no matter how you try to pretend, people will see that there is no happiness in this marriage. You don't need to speak it out. But you know there is an adage, practice begins from where? From home. If you practice all this I'm telling you today, you'll be a better wife and you'll be a better husband. The final one, as I will end, is just, uh, take you quickly to so the book of uh, Ephesians, yes, two minutes, in conclusion, Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5. And I read from verse 21, which everybody knows about a marriage. He said. Let me, let me read it from 20. He said, Always giving thanks to God, the Father, for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Your number one priority in romance and marriage. You must give thanks to God for life. Look, we slept yesterday. <laughs> Both of you don't know where you are. You just wake up again. Where you went. <laughs> where you went like a perfect. But you just woke up to see yourself again. You must give thanks for life. Don't always be, grab, 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 grip, grip. no, 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 give thanks for life. When you learn to give thanks for life, then you'll be able to put all these things I'm talking about. Submit one to another. And this picture, they always read it in marriage. Out of reverence for Christ, always know that Jesus is your director. That is the man that is the head of the house. We see towards the end of this picture. He said your behavior should be like Jesus in your home. Then he went to the wife. He said, why submit to your husband? You know, sometimes when you have a, a, a romantic marriage, you don't even see no submission because it's not something that you act anymore. You begin to see that you are both on one level. You just love each other, that's all. Because you have been able to practice the earlier one. As to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. So if you love Christ, you must love your husband. The, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives will submit to their husband in everything. When you are romantic, all these things will just they will just come in. Romance in marriage. Can make things, will not make things fall apart, but you make the center to hold. Husband loves your wife. When both of you are romantic, it just be in the same level. For your husband to love you is no problem, will not be any problem. For you to be submissive, will not be any problem. Nobody's going to be hammering you that you are not submissive to me. When you see men talk like that, it's because there is no romance in the marriage. He said, just as Christ loved us. And gave himself for her to make her holy, cleansing her by washing with water through the world. Apostle has always hammered this. Husband, you must know the words so that I can be able to raise a, 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 a good home. But what if your husband is not as strong as you, woman? You take over, he's not you're not bossing. until your husband gets into it, and both of you will be doing it together. He said, and to present her to himself as a radiant church. Make your wife happy. Make your husband happy. Without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish. But holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. Okay. He who lose the his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hates his own body for the feet and care for it, just as Christ does the church. For we are a member of his body. So if you you can see words of romance here. Loving your body. A lot of us woke up today, we take a good shower, nice perfume, nice powder. Try to make ourselves, that's how you must make up your wife. You have to make your, up your wife so that they can look radiant. You have all, all things, you know, to, that demonstrate all these things to us. Make them up by speaking the right word to them. By having good romance in the house, not only when you are touching, no. Speaking words, speaking with salt to them. Encouraging them. You can go to school. I remember in those days, when I did the one of my subjects, where I just met my husband, he said, no, I will teach you mathematics. I will teach you. So all what he wants to do is to put that mathematics in my head. Because I don't even like math at all. So these are the things that we need to do. You must, those areas where your wife is not strong, you must help them until they get there. The area where your husband is not, you also must help them. But the burden is mainly on the man. Don't look at other people's wife and be comparing your wife. Make sure that you engage your wife in doing the right thing. But this this is the reason the man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife apostle is going to enlight, enlight, uh, enlighten us on that. And the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you must also love his wife. As he loves himself. And the wife must respect her husband. You see, that is right, versa husband loves your wife love your wife wife love your husband so the two is together and how do you love i told you don't forget these two uh uh uh, uh some of the words not even to their more that i've uh, actually quoted to us in that picture he talks about uh, uh beautiful the most beautiful the word sweetness they're all together lovely these are the words that your, your lips are dripping with, 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 with honey or with marriage. We must learn all these special words. And when we learn those words, beautiful, tell it beautiful and love, those two words they are powerful in marriage. They are powerful in romance. Your, husband, your wife will put food on your table like this, you just start to eat. Okay, maybe you don't know how to say thank you. So these are beautiful words. Oh, thank you. Say thank you to your wife for, for being in that kitchen all day long. You are expecting it because your husband is not saying, then you are happy. Maybe when you brought the food, oh, the salt is not enough in this food. You know, you must, you must take it lightly, because that is the, that is another romance that we don't like to take. The salt is not okay, okay darling, oh, and I thought I did my best for that food. The Lord began to grace, because you need grace to be able to be, after staying in kitchen for a long time, and the man is telling you, how did you cook this food? The salt is not enough. Or well, then he will compare you. Don't you see the one that uh, Mama Oma put the other day? We went to their house. Oh my day! That makes it ugly, more. But let the word that comes out of your mouth be: you Oh, this food is. It. Only we need a little salt there. Don't say that. They, don't don't come with accusation. Come with sweet words. And these are the romantic words. Beautiful, the food is sweet. It's nice, but we need a little bit of salt. Then you can laugh it. Love it, eh, uh, loud and whatever, you know, and forget about it and move forward. The Lord will put His words in our mouth. Look for words in the scriptures to be able to use to one another. Don't go out there to copy what they're, 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 okay. all those uh, worldly words that they use, you know, don't go out there. But look okay. at the Bible. Look at the Bible and speak graceful words to each other. I tell you, by the time you look back to your marriage, your marriage will be the best. With the best marriage under the sun, under the moon, or whatever you want to call it, that is the marriage that God has planned for us. And the Lord will bless us. And also, can I please this, appreciate your wives, appreciate your husbands. For adventure, there are things that your husband does, that you don't lie. Look for a better time to discuss it. Don't discuss it when you just, you know, and you, you, you everything will look for a, when is the better time? I don't, I don't see my husband. But God will teach you those ones because I don't live there with you. God will help you to know the better time. Because some, sometimes when you marry a busy man, you don't know the better time. But I will say, to Spirit, teach me the better time to speak to my husband. And it has worked for me. So if it worked for me, it will also work for you. And I also pray that if yours is right, right, like if you say, if you work for a person, it will work for you too. If you work for me, it will work for you. In Jesus' name. So I end my case and I pass on to a person that will continue the rest. Wow,
0: very interesting. I was looking at time when Momo was speaking. But I discovered that today is marriage same now. Everybody is locked down anyway.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, we haven't spoken about the effect of lockdown on marriage. Um I have received a lot of uh thank God apostle, thank God apostle, thank God apostle, thank God Apostle Apostle, thank God, thank God, thank God, thank God, thank God. why? Because in this lockdown a lot of people have uh, been <laughs> answered by God. I have a lot of grand babies coming uh on the way and I see next year,
1: Amen. nine
0: months time that we are going to celebrate so many naming ceremonies.
1: Amen.
0: As Amen. part of uh the blessings of lockdown. Well, I want to give you just about um, uh, ten minutes to for break because you have been on. I thought that we'd be able to crack this within two hours, but I see that uh, we have to go up to three. What we'll do after coming back is the test, uh, the question, because the questions I've looked at all what we have covered. The question is just going straight into references. And that will help you. But I'm sure that one of, if I summarize what Manu was saying, you know, about marriage, you know, romance, and, you know, relationship. One, communication in marriage is very essential. Write it down. It's a great powerful tool. Mm -hmm. Husband and wife talking to one another and what you say, what you communicate. The words, your words must represent your heart. Even when things around you don't go as you think, Make sure when you speak, what you speak is what you really have in heart, which is your love. So that anything you say, you say it in love. And also when you know, don't you think that your spouse understands your heart. No, no, no. It is with your mouth you speak and you are saying, <laughs> In your heart you are justified. Nobody can read your heart. So don't you must you must I won't say don't no, say you must always say how you feel towards one another. Not with the intention of quarrel, but intention of appreciation sometimes, and sometimes with the intention of correction. I don't feel okay with what you have just said, and I don't feel happy with the way you are doing. Oh, thank you so much! I really appreciate what you are doing to me. I thank you for everything. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you all the time, husband and we wife, for one another because you know without the collaboration uh, of one another we cannot succeed. So communication one second is collaboration. You have to collaborate together. The third is cooperation. You have to cooperate to make the marriage work. Collaboration is synergizing together, bringing your synergies together so I can get the best out of the marriage. And then cooperation. And then you have to be transparent. Those are populars that governs successful relationships. Well, at this point, we're going to be looking into questions and answers is one of my delights but you permit me to take my coffee. you can take your coffee it's a relaxed atmosphere as long as you are as long as you are you know committed to the teaching in seminar we feel more relaxed and not uh
2: Catch that, thank you, you. again. All right, <laughs> we feel
0: more like, don't worry, that is digital age. I'm talking, my computer, my wristwatch is talking. I don't know who sent him to talk. <laughs> um, we're going to go to the questions. The first question that I have here is on the first category of questions are on finance. Now it says, Is it right? for a family to divide or share the expense expenses or bills of the family with the wife from the beginning of the marriage. The question has been answered who is a wife is a helper suitable. Is that not correct? So if a wife is a helper suitable, that wife must be working. A man who marries a woman who doesn't work is in trouble. Is as in trouble as a woman who marries a man who doesn't have work. Because if you look at that scripture that I read to you in Genesis, we can look at the friend of the scripture, Ecclesiastes chapter 9, chapter 4. It says, two are better than one because they bring good return to their work. So that scripture tells you that husband and wife must be working, and husband and wife must bring return to the house. So the question could be, what about the issue of housewife? It's not a good thing for anybody to be a housewife because <coughs> you're, a woman is born by some parents, as well as a man is born by some parents. Now, every parent invests in their children so that their children can come to a place of financial security when they are older. At the same time, every child has the, the, the uh, obligation to also return back to their parents throughout their life until they die. Give them money. Sustain them. Because when you were a baby, they sustained you from, from womb till when you were married. So marriage does not isolate you from your responsibilities to your parents. You must continue to be responsible to take care of your parents from your... Okay? However, if a woman was brought up in a family, they brought the woman up so that the woman can become financially independent. And then a the man now marries the woman and said, don't work. That is ungodly. Because the Bible says the two are better than one because they bring return to their work. So we get it now. So the answer to that question is straightforward. Both of you, husband and wife, must collaborate in financing their house. The second question says, my friend and her husband have been married for nine years, and she has been carrying the responsibility. (laughs) Now she is tired, and the man feels bad that she is now complaining. The man is not doing anything. Please. Please. What to do? Now I tell you what to do because you have got yourself into the marriage. This is what you should have realized before the marriage. You know, mommy was saying something when you have in courtship. It is a time you you check the behavior and character of the person. If this man is a stingy man, because there are two faces to it. If the man has and the man is and the man does not give, that is a different thing. Do we get it now? So, but if the man has. Uh, he's not given. Okay, so if the man has and is stingy, then the man need counseling. Both of you need to go to a counselor. You need to look for somebody who the man will listen to to report that very case only. All right? So that that person can change. Because he said that my friend, I don't know whether our friend is born again, whether it's not born again, whether our friend is in the church or not. But you need to go to an authority over that man and report that so that he will not he'll be instructed. But if the man is not got money, if he doesn't have money and you are the one better place, the one in the marriage who earns more should take the branch of the finance of the house. It should be natural. You should not be told. If there is love in the marriage and let's say the wife is earning more, the wife would not want her husband to suffer. So she will not be told what she should do. She will do everything that she can she will not want to put pressure on the husband because she knows that the husband doesn't have, and by virtue of circumstance, she has more. That shouldn't cause a problem because both the money of the wife and the husband is owned by both of them, you know, equally. Do we get it now? So, but if a woman is told not to work, she cannot continue her responsibility to her parents, that's not good. But if the the man refuses to to commit financially to the house, you know, and the, the man has, that man should be taken to a high authority who will, you know, sort him out. But if the man does not have, then the woman should not have any headache because it might be that you are passed through a period that your man has and he has been doing and now things change for him, he doesn't have. So if it doesn't have, you do. That is the premise of love. You understand? Collaboration, cooperation, um, uh, uh, to co- cooperate, collaborate, Transparency, all right, and communication. Those are the four major things. All right, then, number three. I, I, as the wife, have been carrying the financial burden of the family for long, for too long. My husband does not have a good job. Yes, and I'm getting tired. You can't be tired. <laughs> I've just answered that question. It's part if, of, if, you're, if your husband it's doesn't have the a
1: package. good
0: job, yeah, you sign for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of your contract. There is nowhere in the Bible that says that the husband is the financial overseer of the house. The Bible didn't say that. The Bible didn't say that. He's the head. Mm-hmm. Head does not mean financial overseer. It doesn't mean the financer of the house. Mm-hmm. Because especially in our world today, we know it. Even from the word of our parents. Our, our father may be working in government office and is earning salary. The mother will just say, the the father gave her small money to start business, uh, uh. and before you know it, the mother, because of the creative mind of women, the business has become multi-million. All right? And she's making serious money, whereas that man is, is waiting to be promoted every day, every day. So, but you discover that when the woman did not have, the man was the one who invested in the woman to do what he's doing. However... After now, because God favored the business, the woman has more money. That woman will not be telling the husband that we have to put equally for What are you going to use do with your money? If a man dies, the husband automatically becomes the inheritor of everything she has. If a woman dies, the husband becomes the inheritor. And if a man dies, the wife becomes the inheritor. So the two are the same. So that is the answer to that. The f- fourth question on that finance is: Should a husband put his wife? As co-owner of all properties and possession. Should she, should the wife do the same? Yes. That's what I've told you just now. The Bible says that the two are what? One. Let me now talk to you in law. In law, if you are legally married, not by native law and custom, or by any other ceremony, if you are legally married, under law if you have houses and your husband's name is not there or your wife's name is not there when you die all your assets automatically pass to the second person in your marriage unless if you had a will and you are willed out the ones that are not joined and also if exactly. you have done a premarital prenatal um, agreements before you mind that okay i have these houses it's not coming to this marriage So, those are the things. But however, what about God? If a man dies, everything he has belongs to the wife and children. If a woman dies, everything she ever labored for belongs to her husband and children. So, therefore, the question, should a husband put his wife's name as a co-owner? If he doesn't put his wife's name, whose name will he put? (laughs) And if a woman doesn't put the husband's name as a joint owner, Whose name will she put as the gentleman? That is contrary to God. As I believe very much that the concept of the Bible is what has formed the law, Because it originated from the laws of England and Wales. So, that's all about, about finance. But I will give you a scripture that will wrap up all those. Now, the second category is third party. Is it proper for couples to be reporting issues in their homes with families, friends, yeah. for them to settle. It's not proper.
1: The, family friends.
0: the families or friends. It is not proper. It is not, let me say this, it is not fundamental or fundamentally proper. Because if you have issues within your among yourself, and one of you really has been very terrible because he didn't grow up by, you know, in the mind. It takes time to grow up. Now, anything you you report and your fa- the family of the opposite ones knows that this is how that person behaves. After you have repented and you have grown up and you go, ah, so, I'm so sorry for what I've been doing. And you tell your spouse that, please forgive me. Delusion will not leave the people who have had it. Why your spouse will forgive you? It is the secret of your family. There is no way. If you tell people outside, they will say, we have had that before. Even if the person has changed, they will say, it's a lie, it's fake. <laughs> So, for integrity's sake and for protection of your own family's sake, that's why we always say that your matter should not be taken to your family because family have vested interests and they have, have, uh, 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 you know, connected interests. And because of that, it is possible that they are biased in judging your matter. But who can you go to? Your spiritual leader. If you have a, a sound spiritual leader, not just any spiritual leader, a spiritual leader, you are going to take matter to over family. Must be a spiritual leader whose family is an example. Mm-hmm. You understand? It must be a spiritual leader who is an example, not a spiritual leader who himself the family is bankrupt, marriage is terrible. So that you must understand. So now he says, my the, my husband does not have responsibility of training. No, no, sorry. Uh, I'm just gonna. Uh, a, that is, is it proper for couples to re- report issues? No. So it is better to get, get an independent opinion. But whoever you, you meet, let me talk now about the marriage counselors who are certificated. I will say to a Christian, if you want to go to a marriage counselor who is certificated, make sure you go to a born again and spirit filled counselor. A counselor who is not just qualified by theory, but a counselor who is um, spiritual, very, very committed to God. Those are the people, anybody that you take up to to must be people who are very, very sound and matured in God. And also a counselor who you himself has not married, you cannot take matters to them because they have no experience of what they are saying. Mm-hmm. So if they are a counselor, they must have had the track record of good marriage for years, several years, and they can advise you better. But a counselor who does not have practical experience of what is counseling is not qualified to counsel people. Even if he has certificates to do so, that would be very, very controversial. Now, the second thing on the um, third party, he says, my mother-in-law came to nurse my baby after my delivery. But now she has decided to stay permanently. Wow. I am not free uh, uh, or happy with the decision. What can I do about this because I, I, uh, because I don't want to offend anyone? You know, this question must have come from Nigeria. Now, in England, if somebody is old, there are two dilemmas that may, uh, not dilemmas, there are two uh, scenarios that may face an old person. An old person may be well enough while he was alive, when he was younger, to have built enough riches for him or her to be able to stay independently in his own house or her own house. Uh, and such old people wouldn't want to, they cannot fall a victim of becoming such liability. For a, a, the mother of your husband or the mother of your wife to come into your marriage and stay is a liability. It is not scripture. Because whoever it may be, it will hinder your freedom in your own home. Okay? But they can come in, spend some time and go back. I always say to my own children, throughout my life, it is not possible for me, if my child gives birth, that my wife will go there and sleep there. No, 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 no. Both of us will sleep there. I can't leave my (laughs) wife for one night because my mother never came to sleep in my house for one day taking care of my children. I will not allow that.
1: Maybe this one. Maybe because like, when my wife... When yeah. my yeah. father
0: was alive, if my, wife, my my mother comes to my house. In the evening, I send her back. straight. you must go to your husband. That's your first responsibility. I will not accept that. Myself, I cannot do that. But saying that doesn't mean that that doesn't happen. I would get that because circumstances may warrant. Maybe the family is in England. The father and the mother are in some other countries. And, you know, the father said to the mother, go and help her. During the period then, it is the, it is the permission of the husband of that woman, which is your mother. However, in the case where the mother came in to, to take care of the baby, it is not right for that woman to remain, the mother to remain there, because, you know, it will infringe their relationship of the husband and the wife. However, what should the woman do? It's better to call your husband and discuss it. If your husband does not understand, he takes the matter to a spiritual leader. Who does understand? and you must also recognize that you must take into cognizance the circumstance that surround the your mother's um uh you know situation does she have a house that she can stay then she should go back to her house if she does not have help possibly maybe the husband have died and stuff then you can take the responsibility as uh, as children both of you now to sustain her and look for a maid for her you know just that she's she's sustained those are the things because the wife, when you marry, you exchange parents. The parents of the wife become the parents of the husband, and the parents of the husband become the parents of the wife. So you will not treat your mother, whether you call it mother-in-law or mother, they are the same. Your natural mother is mother, natural mother, or not, uh, mother by nature. Your mother-in-law is mother by law. Both of them are mothers. Take away the circumstances that 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 earned them motherhood. So, you must treat that woman as your mother and devise solution. You can't just say that she cannot stay with us. What is the solution? What about her circumstances? What's around her? And you must fix it. You understand? Especially if she, her husband have died. That even makes it that, you know, she may have to stay with you. And if she stays with you, depending on the kind of environment and uh, houses you have, if you have a room for her and you have rooms for children and so yes. If not, you have a responsibility to rent a house for her. It may not be far from you. If it's a room, just make her comfortable. Do you understand? Because she's your mother until she dies. She is your mother. And there's no such a thing as treating mother-in-law separately because your mother that gave birth to you and your mother-in-law, they earn the same rights as your mother. Well, only the circumstance that give them birth or that made them mother differ one from the other. Mm-hmm. All right, so let me look at the other question, so that the issue discuss it and then you know you can resolve it according to your means. And if it's not resolvable, maybe it's a thing that you have to patient for some time. You must, but have a plan to make sure that she's well taken care of, and you know if she has to be. Uh, you have to rent a house for the person to do that and take care of that woman through her life. Now, this seventh question. My husband's family don't like me. How do I manage it? You have to coexist with them. <laughs> now, let me say this to you. That is a little bit broad, but I will narrow it down. When you say your 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 husband family didn't like you, where were they when you were having courtship? Did they attend your wedding? If when you were having courtship they didn't like you, why did you put your head into such house? You should have stopped it. If the family Bluntly don't like you You don't go ahead If you have to go ahead Then your husband and you have known Because we know some families are fetish If they are fetish You can go ahead Both of you are God's children But if they are not fetish And when you are in God's a, sleep it's, a, it's like war If you go into that house You must know this That you cannot divide your blood from you The brothers and sisters of your spouse They remain so for life Because they earn it by right By birth okay? Your parents are in for life. However, if you are going into a a marriage where you know that everybody is against you and all stuff like that, you have known that from beginning. You have to live with it till death and pray God for the knowledge to manage it. But the Bible says that with godly character, you can transform anybody. That is where the woman issue is. By your chastity, you can change everything around you. So because when someone says that these people don't like me. The question is that what did you do too that they don't like? Are you somebody who does some things that nobody even like if they, are in, if they become your in-law? Are you somebody who came into the family and tried to isolate their son in the expense of everything and, and destroy their relationship? You will not succeed because their blood is their blood. As much as a home is independent of everybody to the exclusion of everyone else, A home cannot exist alone because you both came from a tree and you have bearing to those trees for life. So a good marriage is a marriage that brings together the two trees in harmony, that love the two people because the people give back to your spouse if they didn't exist, your spouse would not exist. Mm -hmm. When your spouse was growing, everybody had something they contributed to his life. And God wants us to live in harmony and in peace. Not at the expense of them, but just to maintain peace. So that question is a question that the person needs to examine himself or herself, You herself in this case, going my husband, to know whether you yourself are conducting your affairs as a good wife to the family, or you are one who came in to try and divide the whole family, throw your husband against the parents, against all of the brothers there. What you get then is harvest of right, but if you are somebody who came to the family and you are doing good to them that good will stand in the day really when they need to talk everybody will say that she didn't do us anything she didn't do anything bad to us so that's the position but above all you need to recognize that you were not you not nobody fell from heaven even those who fall from heaven they have connection from heaven if there's anybody who did so so marriage is supposed to bring the amalgamation a peaceful amalgamation of two different entities and you need wisdom to be able to manage such conflict in marriage uh but let me say also that if you and your husband are bonded that is what mommy was saying about communication about romance about commitment about service if you are bonded it does not matter who don't like you in your marriage that marriage will still hold but it it will leave but you must continue to pray for reconciliation of your husband's family, and if it is a woman of your family, of your wife, because it is unconscionable for you to come into a home and the families are divided, and you, as the person who came into that house, either by husband or wife relationship, you are not able to effect changes among the conflicting family. Before God, you failed your duty. So last question in that is is a man obligated to take care of the family of the wife if yes should they take priority over his family I will answer the second question first no family take priority over your family a family is you your wife your children period the rest are called relatives your father your mother your brothers your sisters cousins anybody they are related they are not family You need to know that first. Family comprised of a man, a woman, and the children that came out of that. That is a family. However, the rest are your relatives. Your first responsibility or obligation, because the Bible the person said obligated, and that is a very strong word, legal word. (laughs) You know, your obligation, you have rights and obligations. Rights is different from obligations. Okay? Your right is the ability, is the credence that gives you. Uh, the, the power that gives you what to do and what not to do. But your obligations are the content of what you got to do. Responsibility that is obligated. Now, therefore, look at the scripture very well. Your obligations in the Bible are very clear. Love everybody. All right? But loving everybody doesn't mean that you are the God of everybody. So your own family first, when it comes to finance or any consideration, you, your wife, your children first. Then the second people that your obligation go to second tiers are your parents, both of you, the four of them. You see, after them, your brothers or sisters and the rest of them, you have no strong obligation. You do not have a primary obligation to them, neither do you have a secondary obligation to them, because your Obligation is so you, your wife, and your you husband and wife, and your children. Therefore, because <coughs> you see those families who are brothers and sisters, their wives and their children, and so what always happens on earth is that when you invest the whole of your life to them, no none of them will even when they are now committed and we are now successful, none of them will always ask for your own children. So if you use the money you should be spending to grace your own family, to help your brother, help your sister, and stuff like that, because they are kissing you you are not there for them and stuff, let me say something to you. When they get established, you will be shocked that they will be the last to even think about your children. I would get that because they will not get engrossed with their own family, their own family, their own family. They will say that, well, if we have enough. So the first thing is that the money you have, the wealth you have, is for your own immediate family. The Bible says it. If anybody will do good, he will do good first or he said we need a family. So, but then if you are a person who is very, very blessed and you have excess, then you can out of your excess help financially. And that can be to anybody to the streets or in the area that you can help, but you must know that your family first, and so a man cannot do business with his brother. And put himself and his brother without his wife involved. Neither can a brother do a wife do his business with mm-hmm. her own brother without your husband involved. Do you understand me? Now, because both of you are one, now you must not, a man cannot buy a house or have asset is as a joint venture with anyone outside his wife. Neither can we have a joint venture that is, you have wealth, you have, uh, you know, uh, properties, and you and somebody else have. You must carry one another into those ventures because at the death of one, I speak now from law, at the death of one, the second one kicks in. But if the one dies and it's only one that is involved, the second one doesn't kick in by law. All right, you have to go through process and procedure to be able to secure the 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 the, um, uh, uh, you know the whoever is going to be the next of king. That is, if the, the next person is made the next of king. So you must be very, very conscious about the issue uh, of uh, family or external party when it comes to uh, ventures. Now, you can't build a house with uh, anybody outside your husband or your wife. Impossible. That is not godly. To check the whole mm-hmm. of the inheritance stage, if a man builds a house, that empire, his children succeed. That's why you have these only five women. They don't have a son. The women came up and took the rights of their father. So, but then this first part of the question, is a man of right to take care of his family? Yes. I have explained that to you. You are the primary first husband and wife and children. Your secondary is your parents. And then your subsidiaries are your brothers. And that is if you are so blessed and you have enough money to take care of your own liabilities first, and then your liabilities of your parents, and then the abilities of anybody that you may help. And that is how that is dealt with. Now, we have two more areas to deal with. Domestic violence. Up to what point should a woman endure domestic violence or abuse from the husband? Can a man or woman separate from his uh, uh, spouse Mm -hmm. on the basis of domestic violence? Now, let me tell you how this is answered. The first one first. If there is any issue of violence, once it must be reported to somebody who is in position of power in england it must be reported to the authority and when you say violence you have various degrees of violence i would get it now a violence that will cause um uh injuries or may cause injuries should be reported to the police all right but you know you have people who, when you, when violence is quite broad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you must report to the police and report to if you are a child, if you go to church report to your spiritual leader and your spiritual leader will tell you to report it to the police because it's a violence that is geared towards uh, self injury. You know somebody somebody getting get an injured like somebody brought a knife against the other one or somebody slapped the other one, somebody kicked the other one. Those cases must first to the police and then to your spiritual leader. However. There are other violence, abuses, verbal abuses. You understand? What about you know verbal abuse against the mind of the other party? When that happens, report straight away to your spiritual oversight if you are a Christian. But in case somebody is listening to me who is not a Christian, you need to look for a mature believer who can talk, somebody in the position that can talk to your spouse. Because violence doesn't come from man alone, it comes from women as well. I know men who are who their wife you know, it's so bad. Like there's a man's case I dealt with. The woman came before me with the man and they were telling me about their relationship. And the, man, the woman said to me, I don't take nonsense. He said one day that my husband would not stop talking, I took my searching comb and I put it in his mouth. The woman was telling me that. And she believed that what she had done is right to stop him, shut him up. And I said, ah. I said to the man, did she put the searching comb, this comb that she used to put chemical, did he put it in your mouth? the man said, yes, sir. I said, Woman, did you do that? She said, Yes, I did it. I did it. His mind will kill him. Ah. <laughs> I said, and you are born again. She said, Yeah, I'm born again. Can you imagine? So I'm in a big trouble. I'm talking to somebody who claimed to be born again, even maybe more born again than I'm born. But then he did not know in his born again that you cannot do that. So I had to pipe load. Now I know that it's my it's something that has to do with uh, mental issue. So I had to now, you know, call them one one after the other to advise mm. her, deal with her own case, serious, to distune her mind So in the Bible, how why should you do that, you stand before God one day and give account, but let me say something to you, but you know, the, the end of the case, the woman just went to court and took injunction against the man, kicked the man out eventually, so because the woman is not really born again she claimed to be yeah, the court took the right stand, yeah, the the right stand. but you see the issue is that up to what point can a woman endure domestic violence? domestic violence should not be endured for more than once once it happens once you must call it because it's an attitude an attitude can become um uh, stigmatic you know it can become well, addict if it is not addressed properly at the at the root at the onset the action taken from the first day will bring. You know, it it has to do a lot with uh, the the, what happens thereafter. And before a a man becomes violent or a woman becomes violent, a lot of things have happened in the marriage, contrary to the Word of God. So, violence is an uh, ultimate reaction of a prolonged, you know, uh, inconsistency. All right, now let me look at children. My husband does not share in the responsibility of training and bringing up. our children i've told him severally but he's he's but he's always too busy and get involved then the woman you are not busy like him carry on taking care of the kids and be very patient because the woman take care of the kids the bible says that uh, children obey your father's instruction but your mother's teaching so that shouldn't be an issue for you keep on talking to your husband personally not in front of the children that, look, these children need your input. And calmly, not argumentatively, and recognize that you have a more responsibility to do because there must be peace in your home. That should not cause problem. You know, there are people who are single parents and they take care of their kids. That's what you must think about. So in a situation like that, you know, that, that is, a, that is a, you know, uh, the man, you said that the man is always busy, uh, you know, getting himself so busy, whatever the case may be so but this is the proper way to handle that continue to do your job to take care of your kids to you know help and advise them but can you talk to your husband in love how he needs to pay attention that these children want to pass this age They will be that be avoided in their life they will say their father didn't do anything and all that can really affect the father too in the future so but you must deal with it in, and outside the children who are the victims number 11 is it okay for a couple to adopt children, what of adopting the children of their relatives? Mm-hmm. Ah, couples can adopt children, but not of their relatives. If couples will adopt children, it's better to adopt a child that is outside the relatives. Mm-hmm. You will get what I'm Because there are some children that even don't have parents. They were don't thrown out, up. and you know, you pick them up. Not they not pick them right. up, and you can take care of those children. Those children will always see you as their father, and as their mother. And there are some children also that their mothers give birth to them, and their mothers cannot take care of them because they are single parents. Husbands are not responsible and all stuff like that, all manners of oppression from the devil and demons and stuff. And the woman, I mean, Lord is just like Hagar. He put the, the, the boy, Ishmael, on the, on the on the bush there and said, God, he can die in your hands. And I too, I will die. I can't see my child die. And then the angel of the Lord appeared. That angel of the Lord is you who has stepped in, when the woman has no capacity, that child will have died. Yes. All right? And you went and rescued. But your family member, if you take care of a family member, you have this notion, the child is be saying, but my, my dad cannot do this to me. Or my mother cannot do this to me. But if it is somebody from outside, they all have this commitment that this is my parents and stuff. And we have cases whereby the mother eventually have to be revealed to the to the... Child, all right, but that mother will not inter- interrupt because law does not permit that mother access. Are we together now? So in such a, a circumstances, that's a balanced thought. Now, number twelve: a woman single uh, um a woman single-handedly mm-hmm. brought up her four children because the husband left home. I know what the question would be because we deal with this all the time. Now, one of the daughters wants to get married. Yeah, yes. Should she involve the man? Yes, if the man is willing. You know, we have a lot of, in, not a lot, a number of families who have passed through this have dealt with their mommy and I. <coughs> the father is the father, whatever the case may be. The father is the father. But we have situations whereby the father just says, I don't want to be involved. All right, and we have situations whereby the child said, "No, I don't want my father because he's not been there for me." If the child says so, yes, no problem, no problem. Because if your father abandoned a child, that father should have in his mind that there is a lacuna about fatherhood in that child. When the child grows up and the child says that no, I can't, I can't relate with him to, as my father. L- let me give you an example. There is a there is a family that we dealt with. The child was brought up by an adopted father. From baby. Now, this daughter grew up, I want to marry. And then the maternal father now came and said that he's my daughter, she's my daughter. And he came to me, who will stand on that day as her, daughter, as her father? Let me say something to you. <laughs> Fatherhood had changed when she was a baby. <laughs>
1: well, be-
0: Fatherhood has changed. The one who fathered him, not the one who birthed him. Mm-hmm. Ha. The one who fathered her from birth because she said, That's the person I know as my father, that's the person I'm comfortable with. He's the one who have trained me, he's the one who have me. So, in that situation, that father who is adopted has primacy over the father who bathed. And so, it's a matter of common sense and judgment, and especially the opinion of the very victim who is the child. So, it says, No, none. Now, one of the daughters who wanted to get married, you see that justice, should she involve the man, they, do, do they need the consent of the husband to proceed? They don't. Should she let husband be the one to give the daughter? It's No, it's not. If that is in the situation, you don't need the consent of the man who was not there, who had abandoned his fatherhood, who raised that child. And in another scenario I've been involved in, it is the woman who raised the child. If it is the woman who raised the child, all right, unless the child says that I want my father to walk me through the eye. All right? If it is the woman who raised the child, whatever, if the father is dead, can a woman not walk her child on the eye? She can. Take, for instance, a woman whose husband is dead and there is no daughter in the family and no son in the family. If there's a son in the family maybe the next son can walk the the, the 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 woman but if there is not all those things are not they are not fundamental all right they are just uh ritualistic so you know you don't need permission of that man for waiting to go through because the man was not there from beginning to time of a decision if he could not he did not give his consent his permission regards upbringing of the child he did not give his permission regards you know, decisions of uh, commitment and expenses to the child. Why is it that it's married that he needs com, uh, uh, consent? He doesn't You don't need this consent at all. It's just similar to fathers who have died. You can't go to the grave and ask, uh, do I have consent from you? You don't. And much more importantly, that child has to decide, especially when another man has filled the gap An emotional t- tie is there for the man who really raised her. That is the one who has the authority of God. To bless that child. You see, it's not by bath I bath The bath is fundamental. However, your involvement in your duty to raising your children is paramount and determining factor to such occasions. So, if it is comfortable for the man, yes, we have had issues also that, uh, you know, the uh, a man who gave birth to a, a woman a child left the family, left the, the mother, and went and settled as himself and married somebody else and grew and did not care. And that daughter was raised. Successful daughter. Now she wants to get married. And she says that I don't want I don't want my father anymore because the mother also married somebody else and the new man raised that child from baby. From baby, I think one of the scenarios I can say maybe the child is just about one month and uh, one year and a few months. And the husband married her and raised married the mother, and the husband raised that child. As far as the family is concerned, they see her as their senior sister and uh, they see the father as their fa- her father. So when the matter was brought to me, the fact is just that the man who had been there for her from birth is the one who can. her and the other man also has gotten another family, he can come as a guest. Because responsibly, a father has the obligation to maintain every children born to him till the age of 18, financially. Not financially, but to be involved in decision-making of their lives. That is spiritual, it is scripture, and it is law. So if that man had failed in that obligation, what is he asking for? What rights is he trying? Because to leave somebody, a woman on the aisle, is just a right. It's not an obligation. He's not obligated to do it. And that right has been withdrawn as it has been transferred. The father have been transferred to another man who has been faithful and sincere. And unless that man says that I relieved myself, and that woman says I'm okay. Because the day of the wedding of a woman is a best day of honor. And we cannot just override her interest in matters like that. Mm-hmm. Now lockdown. No lack of concern. That's the next one. It's almost finished now. Mm-hmm. Lack of concern I have what can a woman do after all has been done, after all has been done, but the husband insisted that he is no longer interested in the marriage mm-hmm. and asked her to pack out. Mm-hmm. Should she pack out? No. She should get the law involved. Are you with me now? Have the man has no right to tell you to pack out because it is our house. That's what he you say. Have money. If you have, the and situation is the that lock. if yeah. the man changes the lock of the house, all right, as long as it has been established as your residential home, call the police and they will resolve it. Is the law you bring in straight away. If a man does not want you, he is the one who should go and divorce you. Alright? If he did not, and if he's violent, call the police. Don't spare him at all. That doesn't mean you don't love him. That is the scripture. Two cannot live together unless they agree. I will finish by just reading some of the scriptures to you. There are some men who try to take undue advantage of their wives. And those men, for those men, the law is there to call. And if you have the same scenario, a woman is trying to take advantage of the man, don't you say, some people say that, oh, the, the, the law support women. That's not true. That's not true. I'm in law now. I did family law for four years. It's not true. It's not that if a husband and a wife had conflict, the woman have a better age. No, it's not. It is the, the law. If the man had done everything according to law, it's the law that will test it. There is, a, there is a case of women who went to marry a man and the man became so insolent and stuff like that. Let me even tell you. The man now decided to leave. After a few years, do you know that the woman had to pay the man to leave? The man didn't own the house. The woman had the house before the, the man came to the marriage. Completely, she owned her house. But because that had become her domicile in law, for a few days, for a few years, he had been contributing. They told the woman, they worked out everything, that the woman has to pay the man. So I'm saying that marriage law does not have anybody. It doesn't favor anybody. Mm -hmm. Marriage law is equitable. Marriage law is conscientious. Mm -hmm. And any act that is tainted or questionable will be adequately dealt with by law. You don't have to be afraid of law. Law is your friend. It's from the Bible. Mm -hmm. It is just a better explanation of the instructions of the Bible. So therefore, that woman must know this. You don't have to pack out. You have to take it by law. And if law now is in charge and law separates you and tells you to get pack out, then you know you can. But your interest will be will be protected by law. And you know this case now is more complex when you say that the woman had children in the marriage. So if you leave her, you leave your children, or you take your children away, no. Take that man to the law, and let law tell you exactly where you are. Someone says that the Bible says we should not take ourselves into the, to the before the court of this world. Yes, anybody who is a Christian who contravenes the law of God is no more one of us. And the Bible said, "You." you say, "I'm not in any way saying that those who are outside, if people are outside take you to court, follow them and take them to court. If the mess you up, take them to court." That's the scriptures. But to you who is in the household of faith, the Bible says this full resolution uh, uh, for you who, who a Christian is that if there is a, conf- a conflict, take it to your pastor or take it to the spiritual leader. A spiritual leader, uh, uh, talk to him, the person does not accept the, through the ladder of the spiritual leader. The Bible says the church was communicating and treat him like an unbeliever. Mm-hmm. So therefore, anybody who is deliberately contravening the Lord of God, even if he calls himself a Christian, he has become an unbeliever by the laws of God. And so the rule of God concerning unbelievers should be applicable to the person and take the person straight by law. Let me say this to you. You know, law doesn't mean that if you repent, you cannot come together. Law will establish your right and instill fear. And you can still come together. You know, the issue that we go to court, we can't become friends again. That's not correct. If I take you to court because you want to rob me and the court give me back my right, we are still friends. If you behave friendly, And that is the position of things. Fourteen, my husband does not believe in buying gifts. E.g., the birthdays, anniversaries. He doesn't think it necessary for us to go out for dinner or go for vacation trips. What should I do? You know something? Let me tell you about mommy, my wife. Though every birthday for her, I will buy her card. But she buys herself cards. <laughs> she will have bought herself her own card. <laughs> you know, she will buy herself gift for herself. Regardless that I'm going to give her gift, I'm going to give her card. So I have to connect with my children. We will be teasing her that, you know, as if nothing is happening. And then I can be at home. Like her last birthday now, my son was with me, so. I have incited my son to go and look for a gift because I don't know how to buy a card. I don't know good card. My wife, when you give her a card, she will read everything. When you give me a card, I don't read anything. I look at the card. If there's money, there, I take the money. I close the gap, I close the card, and I give the card to her. She is the reader. I am the one who just, the gift you give me is what I appreciate. You know, you give me money. I appreciate You give me something. a gift. But you give me a card. I just say, oh, thank God for this card. I give it to my wife. Then my wife will tell me that, sit down. Let me read the, <laughs> the words of the card. I have to sit down. And she will be reading all the words of the card to me. Reading all the words of the card. You have men like that. I'm one of them. However, on her birthday, I will give her a card. And look, every man should know this. You must look for what your wife loves during her festivals. And do it. Whether you like it or not, the fact, the fact that you have married her, you are compelled to do. You cannot You don't have the opportunity to say that, but I don't like it. Like what? You don't like what? Let me say something to you. Would you appreciate God if you are asking for something from God and God say, I don't want to give it to you. I just don't, don't like to give you. It. And it's something that you cherish, something that you need. God will not do that to you. Because you church is a God, the Lord will supply for you all the needs. He will still supply it for you. And so marriage is not something that... Marriage is marriage when both of you are functioning in love. And love is to look for what the other party loves and do it. Not only card. Marriage is... Mommy was saying it the other time when he was talking about romance. There are a few things that, you know, categorical because she has many things to will tell you. Look, for, for sexual intercourse in marriage, you must obey every prerequisite that will inspire it. Clean. Perfumed, well dressed in the house comported prepare your face so that your face looks attractive all the time as a woman because this is woman conference do what the proverb 31 says and the husband must support in the economy of the house cleaning the house and stuff like that should be husband duty hoovering the floor and help making sure it's clean unless you have children who can do it for you while the woman is busy with the kitchen Cooking and doing the man should be somewhere, you know, cleaning the ledges and making sure the house is clean and neat. A woman cannot be the one who could go to market, cook for you, and then he's the one cleaning the house. It's, a, it's abomination before God. Because it's a suitable helper. So, and the woman must know this. Your bed must be very, very romantic. You must make sure you have good uh, bread, bread spread for, on your bed. Good uh, setting on your, in, your, in your house. You need some light in your house. Tell your husband this kind of how light you want to be cozy. And do it. If you come to my bedroom, you cannot believe it. Are you to me now? I understand what my wife loves and I, I sit down to create it in my room environment. Environment. So when I take the photograph of my bedroom, if you go to hotel, you won't find the pleasure of my bedroom in the hotel. So that my bedroom is better than hotel. And it's not costly. It's not expensive apparel. It is making sure that the color match I'm making sure that you have veils. you use them appropriately you know i love lights because i know my wife loves lights too i bought a sink and i put some the sink that has light underneath it and blue lights is there the, the shower the bathroom underneath i have some blue lights blue is very very good for romance i would gather now red sometimes, but light red not dark red but blue is so beautiful look at the sky is blue God, didn't create blue on the sky. The, the largest, the, 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 the biggest color God creates is blue. Oh, the sky is blue. You know, when you have the wife mix with blue, it looks so beautiful and so, so serene. You know, I know what she wants. Environments in the bedroom, cozy. Some like it to be dark. They make it dark. Anything that can inspire you into your relationship, that is what you should do. But a woman must be clean and neat. You know when she was reading the sons of solomon that the man said your feet and are good a woman should do pedicure manicure. you don't have the back of your feet with layers of skin and your husband see the feet of other women they look tender they look smooth and your own nail has become so thick and and colored discolored you understand what i'm saying now you must take care of your feet your nails and stuff take care of it is there in the bible so that your, your feet is always clean and neat, you can put your feet on, this, on the on this, uh, um, The same thing with men too. You must look clean and neat, underwears, beautiful and, and not dirty. You cannot wear a uh, dirty the whole of your body, smelling sweat and expect romance. It's not possible. You must bath yourself daily and bath well. Not top tail. Topping tail. Don't do stuff like
1: top
0: that. Tail, not what do call it? <laughs> <laughs> bath. Use punts to wash your body. All the time. And you must bath daily. Amen. Maybe
2: there is no water. Wash. You buy the water.
0: Perfume yourself. So yeah, that, that you may.
2: To the presence of the team.
0: <laughs> so you must fulfill you know, uh, things of hygiene. I because like I say my husband is not romantic or my wife is not romantic. But the mm-hmm. fact is that you're prepared for romance. So mm-hmm. let's move away from that. Um, The second one is, my husband does not believe in buying gifts, so I've I've dealt with that. Then, question about sex. How often should a couple have sex to have a healthy marriage? There is no no formula to it. Sex, let me tell you what sex is. Sexual intercourse is similar to food eaten. And this is it biologically. From your tongue to your anus. If you spread it like this and divide it into segments, I'll do this within five minutes. You will discover that if you take your reproductive organ and spread it beside it, they have the same compartment segmentally. Give you an example. Your wife is cooking food and you smell the aroma, and the aroma is what you like, your mouth salivates. Salivary amylase come out of your mouth. Those salivary amylase have two functions. They help in digesting what you eat. But more than that, they help your intestinal juice to create hunger. <laughs> Are you with me now? I did this when I was in my, my secondary school because I was best in biology. I was teaching another another secondary school on health science, their, their, their final year, when I was in my own final year. So so your mouth salivates. And then when you eat, when your your stomach really you know, respond to the odor you have and hunger came, you always are satisfied. Very, very satisfied. Mm -hmm. So it is, if a husband by smell or a wife by smell of the partner is, that smell will communicate into the organs of the man and in the organs of the woman and then your touch and all stuff like that, they have to do with provoking your sexual organs to secrete the same juice. And that secretion helps in intercourse. That is what can bring an intercourse into climax. Are you with me now? So, if you do anything that can make you have hunger sexually, because that is a premeditated intercourse, same thing with premeditated food. And a husband and wife should always do that within the construct of their time. It's not just when, you know, your time does not permit it that you get involved in it. No. You, you can plan your sexual life as well as you plan your food life. And you can plan your sexual life to the time that you both will have, you know, enough time for one another. However, let me say, i haven't said that, that is standard for every marriage, you must do that. So that, okay, we're going to meet on this day, at this time, and you prepare your house towards it, prepare yourself towards it, and then... You can have your 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 relationship. At the same time, to sometimes you don't feel really hungry. You want to snack. It's similar to sexual intercourse. Some other time, something just happened that you feel aroused. But however it may be, you must make sure you consider the circumstance first, because you may discover that when you have intercourse, a man has intercourse once he ejaculates, he is relieved. Really. But when a woman has intercourse when the man ejaculates. That's the time that the woman just needs affection, and a lot of men will just get up and walk away, and that is not right. That's the reason why sometimes your wife or uh, also may try to deprive you when the circumstance is not conducive and the environment is not is not conducive for her, because to a man ejaculation is sex, to a woman is thereafter. And if you, it's a situation you don't have the time, you get involved in the activity, you just leave the woman in a in a, in a, in a state that is not is not conducive, and that is not a good thing. So, therefore, and you must know this as you can eat too much and commit sin. So, if you have sexual or too much, you commit sin too before God. Are we together now? Because the woman is not a sex machine, no. You cannot be creating an environment of, uh, of anger and of of, of of sorrow to your wife and ask her to come and have sex with you. That is wicked. That is wicked. Even if she accepts she, you are you are, you have committed grievous sin before the Lord. I we together? You know, there are things that people can do and they are very, very grievous before God. Because sexual intercourse must be done in harmony. It is a mutual agreement of two people, not an imposed a sanction on another person that is not god the sexual intercourse is altar it is like worship are we together now and so god created it for bonding of soul of husband and wife and the bonding of their body together so that it will enhance their behavior their mannerism of thinking it will give them health in their love life if you see a woman or a man that is star sexually in the house you can see the way he behaves and you can see the way both of them will be reacting in the public too. So therefore, you must do this. Because Paul said that you must, even when you are, when you, it's the only thing you don't, that you don't have sexual intercourse is when you want to fast. And husband and wife must tell one another we want to fast at this day, or I want to fast at this day, so that your other party will know that it will not come near you during that period. He said, and, and after you have finished that, come back again. 1 Corinthians 7. He says come back again. So we need to understand sexual intercourse before God is holy, is sacred between husband and wife. But outside marriage, it is defiling, it is sin, it's sinful. It is a gate that opens doors for afflicting spirits to afflict individuals. So we must understand these, therefore. I think I this question and maybe to go into some of the things that mommy was talking about therefore understand sexual intercourse is an agreement of two people as eating and feeding is agreement of two people there must be hunger and your your, you know so that all the preparatory are done and for sexual intercourse instead of cooking that uh, that causes you to have saliva and salivates your mouth same thing your touch your your size your odor uh, which is perfuming well dressed not you know, sweating your armpit. Uh, the air of your armpit is so bushy, and then you know you are smelling like a raw man, mm-hmm. like a crab. You know, some crab when they have so much hair, you see they smell so strong, or a he goat when it's so you know strong. So it shouldn't be. You must create conducive atmosphere. Your your woman in the in the night. You know, don't let your light go off. You know, wash yourself, look glowing, powder yourself. You know, in the night is white powder you use, not not a brown powder you use outside. The powder for romance is not the brown one, it's the white one or perfume yourself and get yourself ready. Put on your nightgown, go to the shopping, buy night dress that can that can uh, impress your husband. Are you with me now? Conventionalness is not a sin if you convert good things. So also seduction is not a sin if it is your husband or your wife you are seducing. That's very good, because those things need is necessary for your uh, healthy sexual life, and so I think I will stop there because we can talk of sex, I can talk of it for seven hours. But you see, let me say something to you, too. I have had some ministers say that in your bedroom you can talk rubbish, you can talk nonsense. Let me say something to you. That is of the devil. It is a doctrine of Lucifer. It came from the Luciferians into the church of the living God. When you are having intercourse with your husband or wife, you must be sensible not to sin. You cannot say a word that is profane in your mouth. You can only thank God for the opportunity and the grace that he has given to you for intercourse. You can't lose your brain. You pray also. You can each time you want to have intercourse for children to come, you ask God that bless this intercourse. We are we are expecting a, 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 you know your blessing for a seed, and God will do it. Don't, don't you think that when you are having intercourse, God covers his eyes? Is is there your angels are there looking at you? They even help your emotion so that you can get to the maximum enjoyment of that because it is the job of the angel is to enhance what God has created. And all those emotions are created inside you. It is during intercourse that the angel will help you enhance it and the Holy Spirit. And that is the reason why you cannot say profane word out of your mouth. Are you with me now? So that is about it. Now communication. My husband keeps malice for days whenever he has a quarrel, I have to be the one begging him even when I'm right. How do I change this? You can't change it. He is on the, you are on the giving side, he is on the receiving side. You can only be praying for him. Because that happened to women also, there are some women that, that is what they are. But you know something, let me say this to you. You know that it's a sin for that man. Because the Bible says that be hungry, be angry, do not sin. Don't let the night go. If you have a problem with your wife, and for days you are sad that you cannot re, uh, 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 re, uh, um, reconcile your relationship, should you sleep that night or second night and die, do you think you will enter heaven? You are died in ungodliness, my friend. Jesus didn't say, do not let some go down over your anger for nothing. Because he knows that if you are if no matter how righteous you are, whatever death meets in your hand when you die, it will destroy all your righteousness. A righteous man is not a man who who on the day of death he became wicked. No. Those acts of attitude are wicked attitudes of the devil. If you cannot forgive others, God will never forgive you. So no matter what your spouse has done, even if you don't feel like torture, torture and ask her She say sorry. Accept that sorrow. If it is your husband to accept the apology and go ahead. If you don't, you expose yourself to danger of the devil and demons affecting you, not others. Do you understand me? Because you will not forgive, God will not forgive him. So you must be very, very careful. But for the one who is the victim in this matter, whether husband and wife, you only need to keep talking to your spouse and then keep praying for your spouse and allow time to heal him because it is an attitude of a young believer. 17. My husband prefers to talk to other people but me when he has issues. For example, at work or with his family, what should I do? that man will need you both need to come for counseling yeah. and what you can do is to keep praying for him and when issues will come you know what happens is that the man who is secret like that when everything will boom around it is not to the wife is everybody will remove their hand it will be the burden of the wife so and that's the time you can you know in love tell your husband that you know that is not a good thing really you need to expose your husband to some of my marriage counseling tapes i i cover communication deeply if you go to my blog, uh, apostlewilliams.org, and you search for marriage, you will see communication there. Or the nuggets of marriage, uh, you will find enough information that will help the mindset. It's the mindset of the man. It could be upbringing because the father was attitude like had attitudes like that. And all manners of things can constitute that. So, but that is the way. Keep on praying for him. Get him to counseling, especially marriage seminar where things like that will be dealt with. And he will repent. And if a man is hearing me or a woman who does that is hearing me, you better repent quick, so that Satan will not have a foothold in your life. Now, eighteen. As a man, how can you tame a nagging wife? The same way you can take a nagging husband. I will read some scriptures to you about this. All right. That is by the word of God. Keep patience, and the word of God is what will tame such character. Now, let me read this to you. Proverb twenty-five, twenty-four: Better to live in a corner of a roof than to share house with a quarrelsome wife. Mm-hmm. Then, Proverb 20, 20, chapter twenty, verse nineteen: A gossip betrays a conflict. So, avoid a man who talks too much then chapter 25 verse 28 like a city without war was are broken down is a man who lacks self-control proverbs chapter 26 verse 21 as charcoal to amber and as wood to fire is a quarrelsome man who kindles do strife but then if you go further and look at for women it says Proverbs 12:4 A wife of noble character is her husband's crown but a disgraceful wife is like a decay in the bone. Proverbs 14:1 The wise woman builds her house but with her hands the foolish one tears it down. Proverbs 27:15 to 16 A quarrelsome wife is like a constant dripping of in a rainy day restraining her is like restraining the wind. And grasping oil, or grasping oil with the hand. It says in Proverbs 20, 21, verse 9, Better to live in a corner of your roof than share a house with a quarrelsome wife. So as you have quarrelsome wife, you have quarrelsome man. As you have nagging wife, you have nagging man. How do you deal with both of them? The word of God. And then prayer. And patience. The word of God. Prayer and patience. Now, two more questions. Who should be more spiritual in the house? The husband or the wife? Both. There is no more spiritual. Both are must equally be spiritual. But in the function in the house, because the definition of spiritual to this person's person may be different from what the Bible context really is. Husband and wife must be equally spiritual. To so be spiritual means to truly love God with all their heart, with all their heart so and with all their mind. Both of you must. But when it comes to function in your love, there are two different things. A woman may have more gift of the spirit than the husband. Because you don't have gift of the spirit because you're a husband. He has no business with husband And it has to do with God's grace and mercy. And in a past where the wife has more gift, uh, you know, the wife gift should be used, like um uh, Deborah. She was a prophetess, she was a judge. Her husband. Lapida, that is mommy's uh, discovery. <laughs> her husband will use her office. And if you look at the other, uh, uh, Keturah and Moses, it's opposite. Moses is the one who the grave. Anyway, we use the office. So to be the word spiritual does not mean gifts. What it means is heart towards God. But however, in the area of gifts, you know, whatever God has given you, take away Mary from it, function in the gift as a child of God. Yes. The last question is, how should a man or woman treat a spouse who has contracted a sexually um, transmitted disease? You must isolate. You know, the lockdown we are having, and they said, if you catch COVID, what would they say? Isolate yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. And I think the book of uh, Lyfticals treats that a lot. Leviticus treat that a lot. That when you have um, disease, you should isolate uh, um, the person until the person is treated. You'll find it in the book of uh, Leviticus. You will get it now. So, it should be isolated, and then is treated. But let me read this to you before we close. Two things I want to show you. Yes. In the marriage... The, when we talked about marriage earlier, I'll cover with you the purpose of marriage. Okay, no, no, no. Well, the origin of marriage, Genesis 2, 18 to 25. Then I dealt with God's ultimate intention, Genesis 1, 26. Then God's ultimate intention fulfilled. Male and female, he created them, chapter 1, verse 7. Then God blessed them, chapter 1, verse 28. And then we expounded on the premise of, of upon which God, uh, you know, established the home. All right? So that if you know the beginning, that can guide all your reasoning. And, of course, too, we looked at chapter 1, verse 18, which is the ultimate intention of God. God, made them, God said it's not good. Marriage has origin from God. And in that scripture, we looked at marriage is God's initiative, not man's initiative. God's perfect match is what God, you know, everybody should look for and the implication of uh, well we didn't look at this implication of age difference if you marry somebody who is five years older than you that person belongs to another generation or 10 years older than you you will have conflict of reasoning and so what you need to do is to come down into a middle ground because some things that that person the younger one will desire will be different from what you are desiring some ways that, that younger will do things is different from the way your own generation does things so you have to come to a balance, apply what they call the balancing act for such marriage. I didn't discuss that, but I need to tell you that. God's intention to create a suitable helper, that's God's intention. So a wife should see herself as a suitable helper. Then I looked at what areas of help is needed in marriage. Number one, compassion, spending time together. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 11. He says, also if two <clears throat> lie together, we keep warm. How can one keep warm? And in that, I will tell you, it is a wrong thing before God for a husband and wife to have different rooms, ma- ma- Madame's madam's room, uh, 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 father's room. If you do that, none of you must sleep in his or her room to, alone. So if today we are sleeping in Madame's room, because you are so blessed, all of us, you see, both of us, will sleep in Madame's room. If you want to sleep in Father's room, both of you will sleep in Father's room. You must never in your life have, in the, under the same roof, your husband sleeps somewhere, your wife sleeps somewhere. It could be disastrous. Because I've seen a marriage where the husband, you know, died in struggling because had, he had heart attack. And because he had heart attack, the wife was not there. They couldn't call the help. He struggled from his bed to his door. And in the time that the, the wife knocked the door, he was almost gone. He was unconscious that he would have been redeemed. So the wife said maybe he's praying. All right? And the wife left him for more hours that he totally died. So it is very, very dangerous. And God commanded us not to do that. Now, union. Genesis chapter 2 verse 24. Supporting one another and doing things together. Then sexual and uh, procreation. The scriptures on that is Genesis chapter 2 verse 25. And then Genesis, Malachi chapter 2, 15, 1 Corinthians 7, 1 to 6. You may have to get this done. You know, listen again to get it. Um, Economic. Then that is Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9, which says that two are better than one because they bring good return, financial return, is talking about. So they are labor, and the two must labor, and the two must put money on the table, share the responsibilities according to the weighted values of their earning, so that they'll be able to live appropriately. However, if one has a lot of savings, and then there's a need, that your savings is for everybody. There's no such a thing that it is my money. It's not your money anymore. From The day you marry, you lost control of mine. It is now ours. Then, number six, restoration. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 10. Restoration. It says, if one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity a man who falls and has no one... Well, then the next one is defense Marriage is for defense To help in defense The other, the first one I read to you is that One should restore the other Instead of exposing the weakness of the other And making a mockery of your own husband or wife uh, It shouldn't be uh, The weakness of one another Should be known within, among yourself It must never be mentioned outside your marriage to anybody uh, Because that's your secret And that will be a bridge of confidence and you have a duty to protect one another's confidence. All right. Then um, the next one is educating and children upbringing. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8. Husband instruct, wife teach. And you must collaborate. When your wife is teaching children, you must not give them a wrong instruction contrary to it. Because the teaching should be in line with the word. And the woman must teach the children in line with the word of God. Any one of you, either instruction or teacher, if what you're teaching or what you're instructing is contrary to the word of God, you'll be guilty before God. Mm -hmm. Of those children, Mm -hmm. do we get it now? Mm -hmm. All right. The main goal of marriage, God blessed them and said, Genesis chapter one, verse eight: Be fruitful, fill the earth, subdue it, and have dominion. Now, the purpose for which marriage is given: Number one, that a man and a woman might enjoy lifelong companionship, Mm -hmm. help, and comfort from each other. This we read every day We will you. That they may enjoy lifelong t- t- uh, t- uh, forever, uh, what do you call it, for, uh, uh, for, for whether it is easy or difficult. We don't do for better, for worse. There's no worse in marriage. Mm-hmm. It can be easy or difficult. That is what we read as God's own people. Mm-hmm. Alright? Whether that is easy or difficult, whether we are rich or poor till death do us part. So it's a lifelong commitment of companionship. Alright? You have to make it work. Both of you. It's not a a, a, a blaming game No, you don't blame one another You look for how to make it work And help one another And comfort one another For life Number two, that children might be conceived Born and reared Within the security Stability And sanctity of marriage bond Because of children, you cannot be shouting at one another Fighting and crying and Mary and marrying blah, blah, All over the whole place Those children didn't come from God to a turbulent life, and you cannot go to your children to try and say that. Did you see what your father is doing? Did you see what your mother is doing trying to gain and win the heart of children against the other one? That is ungodly. You have to command peace in your house under your roof, whatever it takes. Your disagreements should be in the secret. Your love life and happiness is what your children should be exposed to. Number three, it was given for the good of society which can be very strong and prosperous uh, only when marriage and family life is held in honor. Now, I'm almost finished with you now. Divorce. What about divorce? Go ahead, divorce. Malachi 2:16. And then I wrote about things that causes divorce, but today we are not talking of divorce, so I, I will omit that. Finally, I always end up my marriage counseling or something like reading this. Enjoy life with your wife. Hallelujah. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse Mm 9, that is marriage vow. It says, enjoy life with your wife, whom you open that in your
1: Bible.
0: Uh, Ecclesiastes 9, 9 and 10. It's a memory verse. Enjoy enjoy life with your wife, whom you love. I read the NIV. Mm -hmm. Uh, All the days of this, your meaningless life, Mm -hmm. that God has given you under the sun, Mm -hmm. all your meaningless days, for this is your only portion, or your only lot in life, mm-hmm. and in your toilsome labor under the sun. Mm-hmm. And then this man who wrote this scripture, when he finished everything, he said, "vanity upon vanity, all is vanity." So mm-hmm. after all riches, all money, everything, it's only wife that he saw that it not your money, not For woman say, is not is not. Are
1: going, are this night, yes, running, not
0: not that's right. For the grave where you are going, mm-hmm. there is no. <laughs> There is no wisdom, there is no knowledge, nothing. So, under the sun, enjoy life with your wife. To enjoy life with your wife is what we have been dealing with. Create the conducive atmosphere. You can say, the wife of that man is good. Make your own good too. Oh, the husband of that woman is good. Make your husband good too. Through love, you can conquer him. Now, let me read your vows to you. It says, when you do vow, I, and you mention your name, will take you... Or do take you, you mention your name, as my husband and my wife, to live together as God has directed. That's the first thing. Mm-hmm. Remind yourself the vow. Mm-hmm. You will be judged by God with the vow you said. God will not judge your spouse. He will judge you mm-hmm. through your vow. As God has directed, that's the important thing. In the sacred bond of marriage, mm-hmm. I will say to you that, will you love her? Will you comfort her and honor her? And keep her in sickness and in health? Will you keep exclusively to, to her as long as you both shall live? And what did you answer on that day? Yes, I do. So you are finished. With your own mouth, you are bound yourself. And you cannot. Because you say, sorry, it begins by, will you take this person as your wedded husband to live together as God has directed? Or your wedded wife to live together as God has directed in the sacred mode of marriage? Will you love her? Comfort her, submit to her, uh, no, honor her, keep her in sickness and stuff. And when we read the one for woman, we only add, we use submit to him. And that submission, you should know that very clearly that it says in functioning, the uh, wife should submit to their husband as unto the law. And the husband should love their wife as Christ loves the church. So that submission is not a rulership of the man or rather it is a direction from the man and the man is expected to direct his house all right and the woman is supposed to be a collaborator mm-hmm. when it comes to decision making of the house along with what your husband says so that you will bring out how that can be achieved husband is the one who has a vision for the family mm-hmm. all right a wife and a husband individual as human may have their own vision but when you marry your vision come under the same roof but the, the controller of that vision is the husband what the husband says that this is what my family is going. this is how we are going the wife says yes yes we can get there this is how we can get there that is the collaboration between a husband and a wife i want to believe very much that in this meaning we have covered extensively about marriage of course we have endeavored to go beyond the time and we did that i did that i have to succumb to that or concur because if you get marriage rights, you get everything right in the whole world for God. Yes, somebody uh, just sent sent me a text about um, the area of investment. (laughs) Let me say this, that properties are, you know, um, if if the properties are held in investment purposes, the couple should seek uh, appropriate tax advice in terms of co-ownership all right he's talking when i talk about the fact that husband and wife their name must be in their property and stuff you know (laughs) it's very very interesting i think within the premise of my career now uh, because i started going very deep into my career now in my position i cannot advise on that but i can advise just as he says that when it comes to cooperation or own uh, a property together Make sure that you you seek a proper advice from um, uh, you seek a proper advice from uh, the people who are experts in that area. But the area that we cover in church is the forbidden part and the and the uh, uh, allowable, which is husband and wife. Anything you have, you must have it jointly. But when you are going to joint venture, you must. Let me just say. The premise that, you can, that I can say to you, make sure you do everything legally. Because when it comes to joint venture and two individuals that you are talking about law, you need to consult a lawyer who is qualified in that area. At the same time, too, when it comes to investment, whether it is individual investment or corporate investment, you need to consult a lawyer and who can direct you to professionals in various areas that can help your decision or inform decision when it comes into your tax uh, issue. It just happened that this week I submitted some papers on that in my studies. So, but I, I will just want to wait, uh, to, you know, um, be respected within that confinement because of the new things I've learned in my studies when it comes to advising yeah. people yeah. <laughs> in a manner like this. However, I'm sure that you have been blessed. Thank you so much, Pastor, for flagging that to me. Um, I believe very much that you all have been blessed. And I believe that I have answered all questions. Can I just say to you that what we treated today is cross-cultural? No matter what your culture is, this is standard, and this is God's culture. So it is not so, oh, in England they are different, in, uh, in Africa they are different, in America they are different. The Bible is is the same across all culture. I we together. While our academic knowledge has helped us a lot in the way we presented, uh, you know, or spoke uh, in helping you to understand. You know, I'm, I'm not able to speak the way I spoke if I was not trained lawyer. And uh, because of that knowledge, it has helped me in expressing uh, more eloquently because all the areas of husband and wife is complete law from scratch to finish. is total law, complete law.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, came from the law of God. And that has helped me because of my knowledge in law to be able to use some languages which are very appropriate, effective, and resolute at the same time to guide me not to go outside uh, what is required by my standard practice so that I'm, I'm just within the context of law. I didn't give you my opinion, I only gave you the opinion of the Bible and opinion of a regulated law person. I'm sure that you have been mightily blessed. I'm going to ask from the, the master or mistress of ceremony, <laughs> Pastor Bumi, maybe there is something that I omitted, I, I submit to your counsel. Ma'am, please, to Pastor Bumi.
2: Uh, thank you very much, Daddy. In fact... <laughs> You have done more than enough justice, yourself and mommy. You have dealt this um, topic so explosively that we cannot ask for better um, uh, uh, better administration. We want to say thank you very, very much. It's been impactful It's been educated. It's been enlightening. It's been informative. And we know that with all this that we have heard, our marriage will be much better, much peaceful, much blissful, and more glorious, and much more, what else can I say, from all that we have heard from you or what we have been taught today. So we thank you, Daddy. We thank you, Mommy, sharing the Word of God with us concerning marriage and um, helping us to... Go deep into the issues of marriage and also sharing with us, even your, from your own wealth of experience and how you have made your marriage to work, even up till now, 47 years and still counting. Wow. We bless God for you, dad and mom. We know that we have um, parents in the house that are role models that we can watch and see how their life, their marriage is, their ministry is, and we can watch and follow as we follow Christ. So we want to say thank you very much, Daddy. Thank you very much, Mommy. God bless you. And um, for those of us that have been online for, um, for, for, from 12, we say thank you for your patients, those that are on YouTube, those that are on Zoom, and on every platform of the uh, media, we say thank you, God bless you. I know that your marriages will never be the same, and for those that are not married yet, I know that you now have a, a um, inroad of how to make a wonderful, happy, and um, godly and blessed marriage. So thank you all, God bless you all. And um, tomorrow is the grand finale. That is our Thanksgiving, which will take place by 3 p.m. on this platform. Please join us as we give glory to God, as we bless the Lord even for His success for His successful Women of Royal Destiny Nigeria Convention. God bless you all. Thank you so much. Over to you, Daddy. Yes,
0: darling. Oh, pull your hands together. You know, I will want to add to what uh, my daughter just said. I want to thank God for your life too, and of my son, Pastor Dakpo, for being exemplary in your marriage. You are your marriage is great example uh, of godly family, and I I'm not saying that to flatter because in my position I must not lie. I've I watched you over watch over you you know, uh, for years. And I've seen, I've known a uh, 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 pastor of me from when she was uh, a teenager, really less than a teenager, and uh, she was born in the same environment with me. I saw her grow up, and I saw her married, and I saw her change from one uh, state of life to the other, and I've seen a uh, pastor too, before they got married. I've seen both of them coming together, becoming a great synergy. Uh, you know, to be reckoned with. And really, I want to say that God prepared both of you for such journey. Mm. And your life is quite amazing. Mm. Every one of you in Nigeria, watch these people. You know, as you look towards our marriage, you look towards them too. Mm. Because you will, you will never see any dysfunctionality in their marriage.
1: Never their marriage is... Um, huh? We've, never, to settle We've never
0: settled for both of them. Never, ever. They have never called mm-hmm. my wife or I. And, and they are on earth today. We, both of us occupy the role of their physical parents and their spiritual parents. Okay,
2: like the-
0: Are you together? Pastor Dakos' dad, when he was alive, he told me, he called me with Pastor Dakos, said, this is your father now. Since you met Apostle Williams, he said that I can say he is now your father. I give back to you, but that is your father. And the same thing with Pastor Bumi. The father, before he died, handed over mm-hmm. <laughs> Pastor Bumi mm-hmm. to yeah, me. I, so I, I can say it very well that those of you in Nigeria, you better watch them closely. And copy them because some of you may be saying that cultural differences and stuff. There's no such a thing. In any culture, if you obey the principle of uh, of the word of God, which some people who are not Christian, they obey it because the principle of God for marriage is questionable. It's something that an ordinary man can think about if you are a good person. And so, talk less. Those who are Christians, you know, some of us have to drop all this shouting, shouting and gow. So how long will you be? Really, what mommy and I will tell you is that, you know, at our age now we don't have any child with us anymore. All our children have flown away like birds out of the cage. Now if you now remember. So we now look at ourselves that we started alone and now we are we are now ending alone. Oh my god. Can you imagine if we have created hula balloo for ourselves over the years? If we have been cut a mouse over the years, now who is going to settle our forest? You know, because all of them are gone now. Hallelujah, somebody. Mm-hmm. So you must know that you started the journey, you will reproduce and then children will go after you have trained them. You, if they don't go, you'll be fasting and praying. So God answer a prayer, they go and themselves. they will now come to you and your husband or your husband and you. But I want to say that, that of course to my, uh, the, the, the marriage, our old marriage is 37 years, yeah. but we have been together in this journey for 47 years because I met mommy uh, uh, on the what? Eighteenth of August. Eighteenth yeah, of August. Yeah, 973. I remember the. year. She remember the day. Eighteenth <laughs> of August, 973.
2: And born in August. And she
0: was born 23rd of August. So God gave me to her as that 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 month's uh, 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 birthday present. And my father too was born the same day with mommy. 23rd of August, 23rd of August. So God had prepared me. I have seen the behavior of 24th of August <laughs> since I was born, 23rd. and the 23rd since I was born. So by the time God gave me my wife, a good number of her behavior, I'm used to it. Is God not all wise? He is the only wise God. But I will say that the ingenious sagacity of my wife has become a centipede of inner renewal and empowerment for all women. She is the president of the women of real destiny. She is a centrifuga juggernaut,
2: fulfilling
0: every lacuna, filling every lacuna in my life and in our life and transforming every quagmire into paradise. Shall we put our hands together for Reverend Omar Williams, the president and the founder of Women of Royal Destiny. May the Lord continue to bless and strengthen every one of you. If you have any questions about what we are doing if you're in Lagos, you can contact Lagos. If you're in London, you can contact us on the information that we put on the, you know, that is on the screen and we'll be able to serve you better. You can go into our website. You can go into my blog and you can read so many information uh, about us. Now, before we pray, I will want to say that, um, especially for those of you who are, who are connected to this program from Nigeria, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and all over the world. I want to thank you, India. I want to thank you, um, uh, um, what do you call it, Europe, of, Republic of Ireland. I want to thank you from uh, Germany, Berlin. Berlin. I want to thank you from Ennis, from from uh, Dublin, and from from Limerick. I wish, as I'm speaking, we can appear in those places. I want to say that. I miss all of you because we have not been able to come to you. Ben. Republic, I want to thank you. You take priority in our heart, but because when we finish now, we have not been going to Benedict Republic. I've told the church in London that Ben Republic, here we come. We will make sure that we, we go to Benedict Republic now because we want to, um, we, we, we want to be in a position to bless Benner Republic. So Benedict Republic, we will come to you once lockdown is over. We have been to India every year to celebrate mommy's birthday, but this year lockdown has stopped us. However, we have not been to the Republic for a, a number of years, so we'll be coming there to join with you to see that the light of Christ shines in the whole of Benin Republic. Can I also say to Ross that um, the information on the screen now is the account details of CFT Nigeria, uh, Lagos, so that if anybody wants to give an offering, you can do that by transfer. There are some of you Nigerians here in England, in Europe, and you have Nigerian account, just go into that account and bless them. You I leave this just for a few minutes for you to, to um you know uh uh do what do they call it, to write them down. Are we together now? Write down those information and the Lord will bless you as you do that. Now I would like to pray with all of you. Let me remind you that today at seven pm. We are going into our 168 days, uh, 70, 178 mm-hmm. uh, eight days of the prayer. Mm-hmm. Yes, one, 177. It was 176 yesterday. So we are going to the 177 day of our prayer. May the Lord continue to strengthen and bless you. Shall we just pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for everything you have done and we pray your blessing upon every marriage. We pray direction and insight unto every man. We pray mercy for all mankind. It is your desire that we will enjoy our marital life. Help us, our God and our King. That we will be able to enjoy our lives and that Satan will never be able to hinder marriages. People who are going to strain, I rebuke the messenger of hell in those marriages and I ask peace to come into your home peace to come into your life, peace to come into your family. Lord, the Bible says, unless the Lord build the house, the labor in vain. Lord, you are the builder of our house. Father, help us to allow you anything in us that is hindering you from building our house, take them away from us completely. No man loves war. Every man loves peace. Show us to the way of peace. Help us not to condemn one another or accuse one another any longer. But I would rather see our weaknesses as an opportunity of ministry so that we can turn our weakness to strength and, be, and, con, and compensate one another. Our strength, the strength of the husband compensate the weakness of the wife. The strength of the wife compensate the weakness of the husband. And Lord, help us to be attentive and sensitive to one another so that we can receive corrections with joy when one another, when we are corrected by one another. Father, do not allow Satan at all to prevail in any marriage of the people under my voice. Help us, O oh God, to fulfill your mandate even in our marriage. In Jesus' holy and anointed name we are prayed. Amen and amen. Let me read the scripture to you. Write it down. First, John 4, 20 and 21. How can you love God? It says, if, in, if anyone says, I love God, but hates his brother. That is, if you hate your wife or you hate your brother or your husband, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother, or in this case, his wife or his, her husband, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. And he has given us his command. Whoever loves God must love his brother. So I want to leave you with this. When we leave this place, go and apologize to one another if you know that you have been acting contrary to love of God. God loves you and he wants you to exchange that love to your husband, to your wife, to your children, regardless of their behavior. Separate bad behavior and conduct from the person so that you love the person even where you do not like the character or behavior. And you can now be patient as God is patient with you and I to work out our character until we change. And don't always talk down one another. Never you do that. Always encourage one another. While you point out areas of weakness, does not mean you dwell on it and and then continue to emphasize on the weakness again and again, which will cause irritation and then conflict. You know, you point out the weakness, take away your mouth from it. Mm -hmm. Emphasize more on strength. Mm -hmm. Emphasize more on what they are doing Mm good. And that will build encouragement in the heart of your spouse. Mm -hmm. Emphasize more your true identity that you love. Husbands, especially African men, open your mouth wide and say to your wife, I love you. You know, it happened in Africa that many of us never had our Thank father me. say that to our wife. Say to your wife, you are beautiful. Say to her, you are wonderful. Say to her, you are the apple of my eyes. Say okay. to her, your eyes look like a dove. Say to her, your light never goes down in the night. Come on now, we never have a better wife you than care, you. I Thank God for you. this gift that you have given me under heaven. Say it to your wife all the time. appreciate your wife. Women are built by God to to hear talk. But men, you know, <laughs> only God will deliver us. Amen. Some men, if you tell them too much that you love me, you say, I've had it the first time you said it. Don't say <laughs> that next time to your wife. Do you hear me now? Let her say it all the time. Let her keep on saying it all the time. And you tell her how much you love her. Say that all the time. You have the best of your wife. May the Lord strengthen and bless, bless us all. Mm-hmm. Well, you are all very, very blessed. And thank God for today. <clears throat> May the grace of God continue to be with you all. Amen. In Jesus' name.